Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. <laughs> I love, I, I went to Cornell, I graduated from that school, I grew up in this town, now I'm back. What's the mascot for the Coriopolis? The Cornell Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah, it used to be the Blue Devils when I was a kid. It was the Coriopolis Blue Devils. Yeah. And then Coriopolis and Neville Island merged in 75, or maybe a little bit uh, older than that, but became the Raider. It's the Pirate Raider. Yeah. The Oakland Raiders, same kind of shit. Yeah, same My kind buddy of was shit. actually the mascot when I was in school. He was the Raider. He, he was the perfect personality for that Wade, if you're out there. Funny as fucking. Guy. I feel like that would be one of the funnest jobs to get be a able mascot. to do. Yeah, if I didn't play football, I would have probably tried to get into that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> this guy enjoyed it, and he was good. Yeah, he was good. He had the perfect personality for that. It, there got to you got to have that. You got to have that. Uh, He's nuts. You know, that charisma. I was going to talk to Iceberg from the Penguins, ah, but no uh, he actually has like a does he talk well <laughs> the guy who runs it you know i got in contact with him through th- through some mutual friends and he was like dude i would do it but the penguins don't want any sort of like you know they want it to be like breaking character yeah no breaking character they want it to be like you know anonymous completely yeah. uh my buddy told me a cool story in high school at virginia tech i think this might be completely you know false but he said that the mascot no one really knows who it is, but on graduation day, the person wears the feet with their graduation gown. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then they like, you know, pass the torch to whoever else it is, like real covertly. And I was like, that's pretty sick. What was their mascot? Uh, Georgia Tech. I don't know. It was like the a running bur- wreck from Georgia. Ch- Georgia it like Tech. A, it was right? like a like a bird or some shit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the least knowledgeable about mascots and sports and schools. But you want to be a mascot. No? I would have, yeah. yeah. I'm just there for the energy. I'm a big energy guy. You are. That's what I like about you. I could read some energy, and uh, this is there's good there's good energy in this room. Thank tonight. you, man. Th- and thanks for doing the show. Uh, we have, there's no hard openings here. We just go and shit. You know. Yeah, you know I, know, I know that deal. I had the honor of being on your show. I think it was like eight nine months ago. Now I think we're up to something like that. I honestly can't remember. Do you do you find you're doing so much, you know, you do so many episodes, I feel like I forget a lot of it, you know. I do. So how do you have ritual that you use to review your shows? What do you mean? Like, okay, I have this ritual. So I do a lot of, I do a lot of walking. So tonight I'll do my 90-minute walk before I go to bed and I'll probably take the MP3 of this, the raw unedited MP3 and just download it to google drive and listen to it yeah and that's how i really i think it helps me when i go to edit um and splice the video together yeah you know so that and then i'll go back and revisit it maybe next week again so i'll revisit my shows a couple times before i let them go off into the sunset yeah do you do any of that uh i used to be more conscious of that but now you know, I don't really, uh, sometimes I'm recording like a day ahead of time and then I drop it the next day. Yeah. You know, I'm someone who I, I do myself a disservice. You know, I don't like to date any episode. So I try to record them. We don't do that either. As most recent mm-hmm. as I can, just because, you know, I feel like it, 
I feel like things lose their shine. So you want I, it to be evergreen, right? I want it to be evergreen. Yeah, so, so I don't want to talk about things that are happening that weekend because yeah. if someone you know is new to the show two months later and is yeah. listening to shit, it's just I, I never really liked that. But I uh, I don't really have like a ritual. I kind of just record. I know if there's things that I need to edit out. I know if the conversation flows well. Yeah. And uh, you know if it's shit that I need to edit, I'll listen a little bit more. You know, I'll comb through it a little bit mm-hmm. uh, more meticulously. But sometimes I just send it. You know, if it's a good yeah. conversation and there's no like downtime or right. anything like that. Right. I want that. You know, I want that raw type of feel. Well, I was very um, certain when I left your place that night and drove home. And re- you know, you kind of rehash and everything. And I'm not really that good on the guest side. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be an event for me. You know what I mean? That's what makes it great. Plus, I had to pay you back, you mother effer. Yeah, right? for sure. If you put me through that, I'm going to put you through It's definitely stuff. different. It's definitely a different yeah, dynamic. Oh, yeah. We haven't started yet. Yeah. Um. But, but anyways... I was driving home that night thinking to myself, wow, I said that was cool because I worked so hard to have a fluid conversation and I think I figured it out, the the method to do that, you know, knock on wood, and I had just been interviewed by someone who also figured it out and I think you probably, like myself, figured it out through flipping doing it. 100%. Yeah. Experience. And that's, and that's cool. Yeah. Maybe hard to articulate to those who don't do it, but... It's like, it's almost, um, I was talking to, who was I on? Another podcast having me on, and I was, I was saying, it's almost like we had the, we all got kind of kindred spirits here because there's just something, just something a little odd about all of us doing this. For sure. It's like we made it through that obstacle course of how to, like, you know, you know, rehash this, like, you know, archaic type of, like, you know, conversation. It's like people were so... Uh, we were talking about it before we started recording. It's like people want to text rather than have a phone yeah. call. People want to just like, you yeah. know, send a fucking emoji mm-hmm. before they don't even want to put a word on there. Mm-hmm. They're just sending emojis and shit. I am. I have always been someone. I am a phone call before a text. You know, I want to just talk because, mm-hmm. you know, the things that you can convey with your, you know, your voice is so much more than you have with just like a limitation of characters. You're an old soul because your generation, uh, speaking strictly from an age standpoint, is much more in tune with a texting, messaging, email, uh, video message kind of world than my generation is, who is now adapting to everything. But yeah, we had that. We had that memory. Of before 96 and i use 96 as the date it isn't a hard date it is for conversational purposes it's pre-96 post-96 yeah when the internet hit and everything started to really become electronically uh, uh tainting our conversation yeah from that point i think and I, we can remember when it really was we had cell phones they were big and clunky and really expensive and not everybody had them but yeah but for the most part, uh, you had to either plan to meet somebody somewhere, or you picked up the phone and called them, you know, or you listened to a voicemail. Maybe it's so weird to think about that now. It's because you know, if you think about how people make, you know, I remember a period of time. I don't know if you were in this. Like I might have been in the sweet spot compared to you. I imagine you don't ever. You have never did like AOL Instant Messenger, like AIM and shit like I that. I remember it. 
But I, w- I didn't want to. Yes, I remember it being there. Yeah. But I pushed back against it. Well, you were also like, you, you were a little bit older. You had more shit to do. It's like as a mm. teenager, you know, you're stuck in a house after school. That's how you're communicating because people don't have a cell phone. Got it. And it's such like a weird thing to leave up like an away message. So if you're going out with your friends or something like that, you're like, oh, I'm going to Brian's house tonight, you know, staying over Brian's. And it's like. You know, it's it's such like a weird dynamic to think uh-huh. about now because we're all so attached to our fucking phones. Like, you know, if you want to talk to anyone, you just throw them a text. You could FaceTime anyone good? in the world. I mean, it's good and it's bad. You know what I mean? They're, everything's good in moderation, but, you know, too much water will kill you. A little bit of water will do you good. Everything's good in moderation. Yeah, yeah no, I, I get the premise of that. I just... Uh... I think we might have chatted about it before. It's like I, I'm in a I'm in a business that just requires an incredible amount of uh, communication with a big diverse group of people every day. Yeah, and you can unfortunately create expectations from people, or people will have expectations of you that you're available all the time. Yeah. On call. It's hard to pull back from that. It is hard to pull back from that. It's like that. That's when I feel you have to make a conscious effort as a uh, as a person, you know, to to separate that. You know, we got to have like I think it's all like some mental health shit. Like I used to be addicted to my phone. You know, I used to be on it all the time. Mm-hmm. Always, I would panic if it was dead or anything like that. But you know, in my you know, me growing up a little bit more, I constantly just like, I just want to put it down and like mm-hmm. not look at it because I could feel like you see them memes of like, you know, a human's face like getting sucked, sucked in. into the phone. And yes. that's like really what it is, you know. I think so. Some days I'll scroll an hour just watching skateboard videos or something yeah. like that or, or well, cooking down videos. These rabbit holes. For sure. You know, that's a thing. And it's, it's, uh, and sometimes it's really enjoyable. And, and you know what's crazy too is, is, you know, I think that we had the capacity to go down the rabbit hole when the web was young, and the the web browser was an Chrome was an amazing thing. I mean, there was web crawler, and there was Google, all those things beforehand. But when the Chrome browser, yeah, Google started to incorporate all these other aspects of life in the web in yeah. this browser, and and I think we started to feel it then. We even before texting proliferated, even before social media got really big. Google was figuring out ways to add so much more instantly in front of you on your on your web browser. And I think that that's where the web browser, I think, started our uh, our attachment to devices. And and the instant, the instant, the instantness of everything. You know, nowadays we're so spoiled with like getting a package from Amazon in two days, and it's like we're pissed if it takes three. And it's like the back immediacy. in the day, back in, back in the day, post was only once a month. Some shit. A guy comes by on a horse and grabs a letter. You know what I mean? Straight up like Kevin Costner. And you're just like, wow, where are we at today? Where we're, you know, complaining about this shit. When I was a kid, when you would order something, you'd beg your parents to like write the check for it. Right. Cause we didn't have any money. Yeah. You're a kid, but you were used to seeing the following text in the ad. Yeah. There's a certain amount of money for shipping and handling. Yeah. And underneath it, it would always say four to six weeks or sometimes six to ten weeks. Allow six to ten weeks for shipping. That was just expected. Yeah. Expected. Nobody would tolerate anything close to that. Never. Right now. Well, I think I think that uh <laughs> I think one of you know 
there's so many like negatives with the COVID shit, obviously, right. you know, I mean, it's, it's tragedy, but like one of the silver linings I feel is that, you know, it's kind of leveling everything, you know, it's okay. kind of leveling the playing fields in some regard, uh, with some aspects of life. One of them being like, you know, the instantaneous, uh, not validation, but the just just having everything instantly. It's like we yeah. had a year and a half where everything was kind of like you know, kind of slowed down, right? And everyone had to slow down right. at the same time. Right. It wasn't like one Great. grouping of people didn't get you know Agreed. the same type of thing as the other. It's like everyone slowed down. I just I ordered a couch. Eight months took to get here. All right, it was delivered yesterday. They delivered it to me. It was soaking wet. I had to go through a whole thing after eight months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, That's brutal. That would never be back then. Right. But it's like we all have this understanding now right. that because of this insane thing happened to the world, everything's kind of slowed down. Mm-hmm. So coming full circle, it's like- Not enough. Not enough. It's definitely not enough, but it's more than what it was. Agreed. All you, your white goods, like all of your uh, your like stoves and refrigerators and air conditioners and yeah. freezers and all that stuff was completely delayed. Yeah. And it's like- Wood y- y- at the lumberyard. That's yard. what I mean. That's what I mean. And like we we were so, uh, you know, maybe spoiled that-, that we, we we were just we took it all for granted because it's just right there. You know, you can go to the store, get whatever the hell you want. I remember being a kid, and there was uh, department stores like Murphy's Marts, which became Ames, which Ames. I remember Ames, and then there was then they had Kmart, and in this part of the country, Walmart had not hit yet. But I remember the first Walmart. I want to say ninety five or so. Kind of like believe it or not, it may have been around the same time the web broke. Coincidentally. But I remember walking into a Walmart going, holy shit, <laughs> what don't they have Yeah, here? for sure. For sure. But now, but, but, and now I'll think about, like, if there's anything you want, you can probably have it at your doorstep within two days. You may be able to have it in one day. And for sure. you may be a- able to actually go grab it that day. Yeah. No matter what you want. It's crazy. That's that's insane. I think we got onto this whole tangent about saying like you said, is that good or bad? Yeah, is you know it good what I mean. Bad? And I feel like it's a little bit of both because okay. you know, I for me, you know, I could go there and you know I could spend days online just looking at dumbass shit that's never amounted <laughs> to nothing. But it's like I also you know, like to go on there and just learn shit. I try to just yeah. like add more tools to my toolbox. Mm-hmm. Like I just made my own hot sauce the other day. Uh, right on. Just going online. Right you know, on. you know what I mean? I, I learned how to bake bread online and it's right like on. if you utilize that tool, it could be a fantastic tool. I don't think a lot of people use the web in ways to enhance their life. I think it uses entertainment or diversions or yeah. you know I won't say time wasting because what you know what's wasteful to some person might be entertaining to another. Exactly. I, I can't make that moral judgment, but exactly. I can't say that I don't think the bulk of people are expanding their minds. I agree with that. I know? can agree with that, but that's where we, that's why we have to keep ourselves accountable and we have to, you know, I'm not really worried about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Other people that are doing shit, it's like, mm-hmm. I used to care a lot more about yeah. what other people, uh, were involved with what other people were doing. It's like whenever I'm like 20, mm-hmm. 21, it's like, I always observed and I always like, let it really like, you know, 
set in get with you charged me. up yeah it would get me charged up because i'm like oh am i not doing things am i not am i not keeping up with this person you know am i not doing it that That's way youth it's youth and the only way that you're going to learn is through you know time and yeah. and now i'm you know i'm 31 i'm still young i would i would consider myself young certainly yeah. compared to me you are but it's like you know i have a whole completely different outlook of my life than i did you know even six seven years ago and every mm-hmm. day it just like i kind of reevaluate the way that i'm thinking about things and i well uh, you have to do that if you want to see progress because i can guarantee there's 31 that run around right now who are thinking and viewing life and reacting to life the same way they did at 22 for sure for sure, there's you know, definitely people that you are like have that. to take it upon yourself to um, to progress in life. I'm not I'm not always talking about career. I'm talking about mind expansion. Yeah, the openness of of new experiences, new ideas, new philosophies. Yeah, just just to give them credence. Not that you buy in everything you hear, but at least being open enough to listen to what uh, there might be some value there. A hundred percent. A year ago or five years ago, I'm like, "Fuck you! I ain't listening to that." Exactly. That's exactly it. Have you always right. been someone who's been inquisitive and you know open? Yes, but I've been I, in my earlier life. I was too judgmental. I I was so arrogant. I believed that I knew. Um, I I have a personal philosophy that has evolved over time. Certainly. Um, and even that, knowing that it needs to evolve over time, is personal evolution. Yeah. But I was always very principled. A lot of fundamental beliefs that I had, strong beliefs, they weren't always rooted in logic. And I sometimes would die on that hill with that belief, even though I knew it was wrong. Yeah. And so that was my fallacy. It wasn't that I didn't care Sometimes I cared about the wrong things, and I just uh, didn't like being wrong, you know. So I wasn't I wasn't humble enough. Yeah. And so, but I, in terms of but in terms of being a person who was passive or impassive, I was very uh, engaged, very inquisitive. My mind's very fertile. I think yours is as well. But I didn't go about it with uh, a level of humility, and that's where I made a change in my life the last seven, eight years. Yeah, you know, I like the way that uh, you described your mind being fertile. I uh, I've never really heard of it like that, and uh, that makes a lot of sense. But I, yeah, I, I would agree I care. with that. I want to I want to plant those seeds. Um, but but again, your mind might be fertile, um, but if you're too arrogant to let things in you know you're robbing yourself you could yeah. be a you could be a naturally inquisitive person i know a lot of people that are probably had the capacity to be wonderful learners and just think what they could do with that knowledge yeah but they can't get past that arrogance that either they're right or that that's nonsense i don't even bother with they're not open enough to be touched by experiences that could yeah. maybe yeah help them I agree with that, and that's where. But again, you know, I'm not. I'm, you know, I don't didn't come by this honestly. I had to figure this out, and it went through. I went through a lot of pain, and I would love to have those years back when I wasn't thinking. I think so rationally, and so pragmatically. But you know, at least I got there eventually. Yeah, you got there eventually. Yeah, so I can hang my hat on that. But it's a better way to live. Yeah. I can tell anyone from a philosophy standpoint. Not labeling and branding people and trying to look at, you know, it's kind of corny because you say, well, you try to find the good in everybody, but you, you really kind of do. I mean, yeah. you can see a guy in first glance, you're like, 
that guy's an asshole. Yeah. But there's got to be something more to that person than what you're initially seeing. 100%. You would hope. Yeah. And I'm the kind of person crazy enough to try to figure out what that is. I think that uh, I had opportunities whenever I was younger to have those instances that made me aware of those situations where like you know even though someone's an asshole on the outside doesn't mean they're really an asshole you know complete all the way through uh my dad coached baseball you know for two decades so mm-hmm. there was always older guys that were involved in the baseball organizations okay. and there was this guy named harry kusich and he was you know old as hell whenever i was like you know eight or nine years old right and he was just this like very like quirky bizarre grump that was always around he loved my father though but he was you know i was a kid so like i you know he was still like kind of an asshole to me but I got to experience him for, you know, six, seven years of my life. Right. And over them years, I realized, like, you know, that hard shell that he had. And I realized, like, how to maneuver through those that, uh, that armor that he had on. And he was just, like, such a cool dude. But it's like, you know, even though people are assholes, it's like, I like to... You know, I like to try to figure those people out because it's, it's more of an accomplishment to be able to, like, break through to that but type of person. is it fun, too? Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. It's super fun. It's That's not even just an accomplishment, but it's fun to be exactly. able to, to navigate that and figure out why that person is the way that they are. And I robbed myself of all that fun when I was younger because I would just label that person a jackass and I would probably just stay away from them. I was pretty good at, like, you know, just, like, banishing people from my life. And yeah. That wasn't wise. And, and some of the, the friends, the true friends that I have now, and uh, I could probably count them on two hands of, of these people that I wouldn't have looked at 20 years ago because I had labeled them in my brain as just the people I don't want to be associated with. And now, yeah. because I gave them a chance in my own sphere to show me who they really are and find intrinsic value there and build camaraderie and offer to them what I can offer, mutually beneficial. But, man, if I... If I could have had that humility then, and I, I guess if anyone's listening to this just looking for any nugget to take out of this initial part of the conversation, it would be listen from a person, you know, middle-aged person who recognized that was not full of humility when they were younger and all the missed opportunities, the human experience missed opportunities. You know, yeah. I look back on that like, wow, I really screwed. I wasted that time. Yeah. You know? I mean, do you think that, uh, do you think that, that also was... You know, I guess you had opportunities to have those exchanges with people and learn with people, but it's like, you know, I feel like that me doing the podcast for as long as I've been doing it now, it it, it also like kind of presses that even further into it all because it's like all these people that I talk to of all different walks of life, you know, I've had, uh, you know, uh, one of the most quiet people ever, his name was uh, Dan Dobies. He was a caretaker at a cemetery. I just wanted to, you know, one day I was driving home. I was like, I want to talk to someone who digs the graves. You know what I mean? After I talked to the funeral director, I was like, I want to talk to someone who digs the graves because, you know, I never seen, I, I, I want to know how that's done. So I found this dude, went on Facebook. Someone was like, I went to high school with this person, hit him up. I hit him up. He was just so quiet, but it's like, you know, I knew that whenever I was interviewing him, I was like, oh, this dude is like, 
you know, he's he don't really want to talk, but it's like dry. Yeah, dry. He just like was, you know, you had to pull things from him, but Good. it was it was such a fun conversation Absolutely. because like you Absolutely. could see him let that wall right. down in the first right. like, you know, twenty minutes and then it the conversation just starts flowing and you're like, This is happening again and it's like I don't know. I, I love it. You know, like it's like what fulfills me most. It's like after a good yeah. conversation, people leave and I go upstairs and I'm all giddy and my wife is like, it was good tonight, wasn't it? Like you had a good conversation. I was like, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's two thoughts I have in regards to how the podcast does this for me. Like the one aspect is that it further exacerbates my need to keep humility at the forefront because the more humble I am, the better the conversations are because I will take more in. It isn't about me talking. I do plenty of that. That's what we do here. But ultimately, if you really are humble enough to really absorb what that guest is trying to, to lay on you, that's where I think the expansion comes from. So I think the podcast helps me stay grounded. And then conversely, I think that we migrated to do this probably incoherently but we did it we migrated toward this because we're fulfilling a need and a skill set that we have which includes a lot of humility because that's where the you know to be inquisitive you have to have at least some level of humility so yeah we ended up migrating this direction but once we got there it just gave us more of what we really wanted for sure so i feel that is um for for lack of a better phrase, or maybe it sounds corny, but I think that, to me, is priceless. I can't put a value monetarily on what I get out of doing this from a joy standpoint. Yeah. And again, people say I'm nuts, you know, no sponsors, all that. I'm telling you, if I wasn't having fun and getting a lot of it, I wouldn't. This is a lot. You know. This is a lot of work. Yeah, it's easy to. It, it, it would know? be easy to to let this fall apart if you know you were getting nothing from just it. Forget about it. Yeah. yeah, do something else for sure. But I mean, it's just hours, extra hours of your day. I know yeah. how long. I know how long it takes me yep. to do all the shit that I do, and I don't have video. You right. have a whole, a whole orchestra, a whole orchestra yeah. of all, yeah. all kinds of shit here. So I know it takes you even more. And, uh, you know, there's a certain level of respect that I feel like people that don't do this, you know, they'll never understand it. They're not going to ever understand what this and that's is. that's okay. I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's not for everybody. But for that, sure. that joy component for me is like, and it's just so, I have a couple guests. I think you would, you, you're probably in that group that could probably grasp it, that understand what I'm saying. I have a couple other people who don't podcast, but they're, they're, they're wired in a way where, they get it. They can. They've known me, and they see what I'm doing, and they've been on the show, and they know the kind of happiness that comes from having these conversations. And, yeah. And I, I, you know, in the broader picture, Chad, what about this concept? Forget the individual conversations, but look at what I'm doing, and I'm doing this as a passion project. I would hope someone would look into this and say. Because everything runs by money, right? That's just society. And we can yeah. we'll talk about that in a second. But they know I'm not doing it for that reason. And so they have to be, I would hope some people would wonder, like, well, there's got to be something intrinsically cool about doing that. For sure. And he's getting something that I can't even describe or I may, I may not understand it, but there's got to be something there. I would hope that that curiosity could be planted in some people and then they could go out and do something similar because 
That's what I'd like to do is just spread the idea that you can get joy yeah. out of having human conversations. Yeah. Human, interactive, verbal, eye-to-eye conversations. Yeah, I like the way that – I I like the thought of that for sure because, you know, I uh, I can agree with that because, you know, people see that you put in the time and the effort with this. Mm-hmm. And they see that you obviously are, you know, persistent at it and you keep doing it and there got to be something to it. You know, if it wasn't worth it, you're not going to keep doing this. Time is valuable. You can never buy time. Right. So it's not like you're pissing it all away doing something that's just not giving you any sort of joy. Right. But I think about it, you know, uh, this might not be like the same, the same vein of things, but it's like it, it resonates with me. Whenever I was younger, I thought about, you know how people did things and i'm and even though it wasn't like my you know it might have not been my my thing necessarily whether it be like a clothing brand or something weird right but in my later years i have you know really understood how to you know respect what people do whether it be something that i have no interest in or anything i respect time that people put into things that they do because you know this is you know, a, a lot of people are, are not getting paid money to do shit like this. Right. You know, I, I right. you know, thankful for Turner's for sure. But it's like, I did this I mean, shit. And was there not Turner's waiting for you? There you was a Turner's, and I have to thank you for that. There was a Turner's. No, 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 I, I no. did it for good because it was, he, it was great. The t- timing was he great. He had it on deck. He had it on deck. Uh, nice cold ice thug jug. But it's like, you know, it, it's awesome that they wanted to work with me yeah. because that's like a, you for know, sure. it's, it's a dream come true. But before sure. this, I didn't, you know, I wasn't getting paid. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I was doing this shit anyway. And, you know, I have friends that definitely, you know, I have friends that are like my best friends that don't listen to anything i do they don't support anything i do that Mm -hmm. even like dumb shit like even a like on facebook and Mm -hmm. it's just like you know people just don't understand it people don't understand what this is but you know it's it's uh yeah it's i don't expect everyone to but like there is so much joy that comes from it and it's cool to be able to like show people that like i'm still doing this after four years like it got to be something just like you said it's an opportunity you know you're you're giving people this idea yeah the possibility that like this is something that is rewarding and we're also showing i think uh and this may be an underlying benefit of all this but i believe that we're showing society in our own little tiny minuscule way that this is still the best way to communicate the human experience for sure sitting across from the table talking there's like you you mentioned it prior there's so much more you'll get out of the conversation based on voice inflection timing all things that you can't get with the written word yeah can't get it yeah I uh that's why I don't ever put a time limit on any of the podcasts that I do yep you know I uh I'm conscious of it. Like I don't want to. I don't want to always put out three hour plus yeah. podcasts because it is a beast for people to listen to that all the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't ever put a, a time limit on it because you know I I, I never have a, a notebook of questions that are written down for people for guests. It's just you know wherever it goes, it goes. I know you run your shit the same way. And exactly it's, the it, same. It, way. It's just like it, you know I love a tangential conversation. Mm-hmm. You know I love being able to dive into you know the ideas of you know the joys of a human conversation and like switch over to fucking aliens you know what i mean like i like that versatility that's the that's the beauty of well, this that's how people used to communicate you know yeah. i don't know like how right now most human 
conversations kind of go because we talk in spurts. Yeah. You know, you send a text message to get information out. And then you're sometimes you'll ask for information and you'll wait to hear it back. And it's so disjointed. And what happens at this table, whether it's one guest, two, or we have a round table, just to see the brains interact. Like sometimes I'll just sit back like this and I'll watch my three guests here in on this topic and I'll see the passion in all three, you know, and I can see like the the I can see like the steam coming out of the ears. For sure. That is magic, man. Now, it is. we used to take this before the web. We would take this shit for granted. You could have a conversation on a school bus with five or six friends, and that was, we would take that for granted. But think about it now. I, I don't know what a school bus is probably like in the year 2021, but I'm guessing most kids are sitting there. Headphones, like, phone on. This is not. Yeah. How How is that fun? I mean, I don't know. It's different strokes. It. It's different worlds. I'm not knocking. No, I get it, but it's a different but, world. But I can't, I can't look into that and relate to it. So, for me, I utilize electronic communications for my career and where it's necessary, and, and I see the benefits. Sometimes short spurts of information are vital. Yeah, and easy. But there, it's not a replacement for the real human experience, the real human communication experience. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is you can't you can't get anything more than this. You know, before there was anything in the world, there was people that were just sitting around a fire talking to each other. You know, in some way, yeah, it's, you know, exactly it's the only right. way the history was passed down through through life. So true, and uh, it's cool to think about that because you know I, I was thinking about like uh, it's kind of dark, but you know if I had if I ever had Alzheimer's, like mm-hmm. you know I've uh, there got to be you know close to a thousand hours of audio online of me talking Mm -hmm. and you know about my life and things like that and you know it's cool that i'm gonna have that you know a hundred percent whenever 50 years you know 50 years from now if i could make it to that long if i quit drinking fucking red bull (laughs) you know what i mean if i can make it 50 (laughs) years it will be insane to be able to think that like i can listen to some of these conversations from back then oh it's exciting and and that's where i think you're in an incredible opportunity i would give anything to have recordings of myself yeah 30 years ago it's like a journal about life yeah, I have my written words, which I'm glad I have those, but to actually... You write journals? Oh, yeah. I journal just about every day. Yeah. I've been doing it for almost 40 years now. Really? Yeah, since I was a mid-teenager, like 15, 16, so it's almost oh, it's almost 40 years now. What makes you want to... What, what, what made you want to get into that? Um, That's a good question. I always wanted to, uh, and I always tried. English teacher I had, English teacher I had, had me writing, and I liked to write, but I didn't like to be corrected on grammar or anything. Yeah, but I loved the concept of getting it out exactly. on paper, a hundred percent. And then I realized that the way I dealt with grief, whether it was girls, relationships, friends that are all friendships that got fucked up, whatever it was, just getting it like like you know, vomiting on paper. Yeah. I always would feel better. It's like a purge to me. And yeah. I think that just kind of, that stuck. And then I just, and I went through a diary phase where it was just literally like every moment of my, it got, it got kind of obsessive um, for a couple of years there. But I can go back and read these now and I they're under lock and key and I'm very protective because I don't want them. They're too personal. Yeah, for sure. What I'm saying is I wish I had the audio of me talking or even like the conversations that I had. Like, you know, I... I lost uh, my only sibling in 96, my brother, and 
I would give anything, anything for all the funny conversations we had just to have yeah. one of those yeah. on audio to sit and listen to that. What a treasure. Yeah. My point is, you know, if you, you know, let's say you have a family at some point in time, what a gift to give to your children. If you were struck down in your 40s, heaven forbid, yeah, something like that, this, your your children have a legacy of what my dad thought, what my dad did, what, you know, that's, and maybe they wouldn't be interested, but it's still there. Yeah, it's an opportunity. And it's more valuable than the couch you leave them. For sure. Or a piece of furniture, right? I mean, yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is these shows for my kids and maybe my grandkids that I hope to someday see, maybe I, you know, God willing, I hope, but there's a legacy of what I believe, what I feel, what, what was going on in the world, whatever. Yeah. And uh, for my kids, you know, the, the the guitar thing was a big thing for me for a long time. Boogie Streets um, is so stamped on my forehead, right? But they were young during that. But now they can watch these shows with some of the guests I've had, the music guests. They can see the tie-in. Yeah. I'm just trying to say that having these shows, they're evergreen, but it's a permanent timestamp, and it's a way to document what's going on in this, in this cranium here. Yeah. And you will love this, I promise you, as the years go on, you know, and as your life yeah. evolves, you love you love looking back on it. You'll the legacy you'll leave for your children and your family. It's a beautiful thing. It's the only thing that uh, the only reason I feel like it is, you know, a little bit better than a journal. Even is because you know, in a journal, you're writing things down. You you can't you can't tell the emphasis that you're putting on things. One hundred percent. You could you could uh, 100%. Uh, capitalize all words and you know that you're trying to feel, yeah, the inflection of it all. But it's like, you know, in a conversation, you know, it's, it, it, it just adds something more to it. It's like that spice. You it's know, unbelievable. You, yeah, it, it's unbelievable. And it's just so fun to be able to do because, especially after like the pandemic, I think we talked about this whenever uh, you were mm -hmm. on my show. It's like uh, during the pandemic, you know, everyone was so closed off to everyone, you know, obviously we were right. all locked in our house. Right. And, uh, after being able to talk to awesome people for a couple years, I, you know, I was yearning for that conversation, you know, the whole pandemic mm -hmm. because it's like, wow, it's, I had all this at one point and it's so fulfilling to be able to just talk to these random people about their lives. Yep. You know what I mean? Just random people yep. about their lives. And then it get ripped away from you and then you're just like damn it, it and and you start to realize like how much you appreciated it as it was not there you know what i mean i wanted to be able to like have people over and just like hear about their life anyone mm -hmm. you know it would have been great to have like even like friends and family but of like course. just even other people would of course and it's just such like a rewarding experience to like hear about people's lives like i, I was sitting on Bingo. my porch one time Bingo. and i was looking at the houses across the street and uh i just saw like you know people walking in their windows and i'm just like you know my whole life i feel i'm just a regular dude my life was i feel kind of wild to me you know i don't know i never lived another life so mm -hmm. to me my life is pretty cool uh and I, I think about all these people living in these other houses and i'm like this person had their own life and it was probably fucking awesome you know i want to hear about it i yeah. want to hear what period of their life made them gravitate towards wanting to be a funeral director right. wanting to own a restaurant wanting to you know be the person that you call if there's a rabid raccoon in your house. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I get it. And that's where 
you know, two things. The first thing I think is that we all have amazing experiences. The human condition is unbelievable. So the stories that you see in the media or the certain people in our our worldwide sphere who get this media attention, you know, the wonderful people, I'm sure. But that's not representative of all of us. There is uniqueness and cool stuff in the most, not mundane, yeah. but in the most common. Common things. Common things. Common and things. I, and I think that that is, there's no rhyme or reason why people want would really want to listen to what you are doing, or what I am doing, and having real conversations with people outside of the fact that they find it, they they find um, uh, comfort might be the wrong word to use, but they find commonality with like experiences, mm. even though they might already know what the answer is going to be as you're telling the story because they've done it too. Yeah. People yearn to find commonality. That's part of the human condition. Am I the only one, or is there someone else that feels the same exactly way that I right. do? Exactly right. Exactly right. And it doesn't. And that person doesn't have to be a celebrity or have notoriety. It can just be just a person that has a great story. I mean, who's willing to articulate it and get it out. Yeah. And that's the the part about podcasting that I think was um, um, not visibly visible to me in the beginning because I thought you know to do a podcast and you have to get all these certain kind of guests and I went list the people I reached out to and I've met some fantastic people yeah but when I pulled away from notoriety and I emphasized more on interesting see what I mean yeah the show just went woof. that's when it blossoms because I was the woof, same way in the beginning know? I'm like you know I need to get some bigger name people to like get people on you know on the train yeah because you're like you know because well, you don't know what you're doing <laughs> well but but I so I have a whole you know drawn out theory of all this it's like in the beginning whenever you start you're gonna have to put out content to build a base audience sure okay so you start your shit's gonna be trash you got to mm-hmm. put it out because you're gonna have to build a small cult following of sure. people that just want to support you Agreed. for that Agreed. and then as you build you're slowly going to build another audience. So mm-hmm. it's like you might have a year under your belt, but once you got like some, like them heavy hitters, like later down the road, right. you want to have a base of a, a bigger audience for Agreed. for that to land on. Agreed. But it, it, Agreed. it really makes no sense the way that we thought about it in the beginning. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to get this big name person on here and there's no one listening anyway because no one knows what this That's is. Good point. And it's kind of interesting to think it's a, about it's that. A good point. Yeah, we almost all have it backwards. All of us. Yeah, and, all of us. And that's the that's the ego. That's the human ego. Right? Why do you want to waste your conversation with this person whenever you don't even know what you're talking about? You know, I've had people on in the beginning that uh, I probably, you know, would have wished that I could have had on, you know, a couple years after because yeah. I just wasn't prepared to talk to him the right way. Yeah, I have a couple that I'm going to. Re- it's funny you said that, man. And I, and I only. And the funny thing is, is our audience is much bigger, from what I can tell, than it was in the beginning. But that's not the reason I want them back on. I I wanted them back on because I'm a, I'm a better conversationalist For now sure. than I was then. And yeah. I think that I would be able to engage better and get more out of the conversation. Absolutely, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely, because in the beginning, uh, in the beginning, the first episode I had, it was, you know, I was so nervous about it. I had you know, 25 questions written out. So it was me asking my buddy who was in a band, uh, you know, I would ask him a question 
and then he would say his answer, but I wouldn't even be paying attention to his answer because I'm preparing another question. Yeah, and it's, a lot of us just nerves not knowing what you're doing. Exactly. You, 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 almost, you almost, at least I felt in the beginning, and I shouldn't have been, I should have been more polished because I've been in corporate sales and I've done presentations, and but I found myself being kind of stodgy. Yeah. Um, and I had a radio show, for Christ's sake, before I did this, but yeah. it, it was different. Like, it wasn't a pure, you know... An interview. It wasn't a conversation. And the radio is different because you are doing a formal interview sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you're just talk, you're just riffing to the audience, which is great. But it was different. This setup. It took me a good twenty some shows. The first twenty shows are fun, but it took me twenty shows to realize that this is really a conversation. I need to start treating it like that. A hundred percent. And I'm the same way. You know, in the beginning, I'm I I would. You know, the way I prepare for a guest now is completely different than the way that I did before. Whenever I did before, I would write down all these conversations or write down all these questions that were like, you know, hard questions that are that I just wanted to absolutely ask, like, you know, what brand of guitar or whatever yeah. like that, you know, just just details that I thought. And you think you're going to forget those questions. So you write them down. Exactly. Meanwhile, you never forget them. Really. Yeah. I mean, because you have. them. Well, the best part about it is, you know, if you could if you could exercise that muscle and train it to Bingo. be the way you want to be able to do it that's going to come naturally Bingo. you know what i mean you're going to be able to drive that car Mm-hmm. The way you want to drive it and, and weave it in the and weave it in there, you yeah. know what I mean. That and that's that's where you have to develop that muscle. Like I, I was trash in the beginning, Me you too. know. And I think about it, but I, I mean, just like you, I think I'm a great interviewer now. I think you're a great interviewer yeah. now. I'm a conversationalist. Yeah, but it's you like, I mean? But, I mean, a conversationalist is definitely something, but it's also an interviewer. I mean, you weave it through. Maybe mm-hmm. you're more of a conversationalist, but like I feel like you know, with some of the people that I have on. You know that have these like other jobs, like a vet or anything like oh, that. Oh yeah, I have to be an interviewer yeah. in some way. Yeah, but you do a really good job, and I mean this that you really weave a conversation. Maybe the interview is done from a purely conversational style. Yeah, and that why it may it may come off like it does. But I, I mean, I understand that the, the, the necessity to have the interview because you're obtaining information. Yeah, for sure. But it doesn't feel like you know you're sitting there with like okay. I appreciate on this that. day. What did you do? I appreciate that. <laughs> you know what I mean. And that's what I mean. That's the goal. That's the goal. I think overall. so because that's what the audience. I'm. I'm assuming because I know what I like. I want to hear. You know, Joe Rogan's an amazing guy. He's, he's he probably has learned a lot about his own interview style and conversation. I think he's very worldly. I think he's very well read. He, he's up there with Stern to me in terms of how he can get the most out of that person sitting across the table for sure. But at the same time. I listen, and there's times that I'm turned off, not by subject matter, but actually by you hear missed opportunities, you hear him maybe going off on a tangent, and there's nothing right or wrong with it. Yeah. Because none of us are perfect. We, You and I make those mistakes probably every show. For sure. But I, there's what I'm saying is there's beauty in that imperfection. Yeah. And that's a style. That's you know, all of our style. Right. You know what I mean? I'm exactly I'm I'm not right. good at some things that exactly you might be good right. at and vice versa. The, the, and that's what makes us unique Bingo. in this world of saturation. And that's what I meant. Like so Rogan's got that and even those moments where it infuriates you, you know what? You have to step back and say, This is good. I'm glad it infuriates me, those little moments because You apply you that to your life. Well, of course, and you don't want you, you know, I don't want to listen to perfection. Yeah. I don't want perfection around me I, because it's the it's things that rub that make life 
gives the juice of life. Right? Exactly. People aren't looking for, you know, everything that's perfect because that that's all flowing the right way. Exactly. You know, everything is all flowing together like a river. People exactly. are looking for, you know, the things that are stopping at the big tree stump that's, that's uh, you know, people are looking at things for the things that are messed up. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the, that's why people enjoy things like Mark Marin is a, you know, he, I feel is, you know, my favorite interviewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the imperfections of his interview. You know, that's what makes me want to listen to him all the Got time. It. Bobby Lee is also someone who agreed is a, he's a great interviewer, but he has so many imperfections. He irritates the shit out of me. Yeah. He's irritating, <laughs> but it's like, I, I, I enjoy uh, that dynamic. Yeah. He, he has to be though. You don't exactly. want perfection. Exactly. And that's why people listen to it. You know, some exactly, people like right. the, you know, the, the way that I do things yep. and, and that's just, the, yep. that's just how it is. And I love that. Yep. That's that, that is. You don't want perfection. You're never going to get it. Number one, and and you'll drive yourself insane trying to get it. The perfect, the perfect show. There's no such thing. Well, it's I not mean, even that. Think about how you know if you have someone who is from New York and they go to L.A. Mm-hmm. You know they everyone does everyone's podcast there. Yeah. You know, let's say you know yeah. Theo Vaughn goes over there and he yeah. does Burt Kreischer, Joe Rogan, yeah. uh, Tom Segura. I can listen to all three of them because all three of them hosts are all different. And 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 that is what I... People say they look in and they go, podcasting is its own cottage industry. Like, here, here, you're, you know, you run his show, you run his show. Yes, there's a part of that because I think a lot of it is this conversation here is much different than the conversation we had six months ago. And then when we do this again in a couple months, that conversation will be different. It'll feel different. It'll look different. It's very rare when... I will take uh, a show that I listen to with Rogan and a guest that I really enjoy and then see that flipped with Rogan actually is the guest uh, and and you know, his prior guest is now the podcast host. Uh, Jordan Peterson was an example of that with him. Um, the young physicist uh, that wears the black suit and the white tie. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember that uh, name. It's a brilliant kid. But, but when that's flipped around and he's the host and Rogan's the guest, you get a different thing. Rogan's yeah. a much different guest for sure than he is as the host. For sure, much different. You know, yeah. I don't really listen to too much of his anymore. Got to be a guest that is uh, that I'm, I'm super interested. Yeah, in. I'm kind of the same way. I uh, I'm very picky, and it's not a, it's not. I mean, it's not the fault of anything but in particular. That's the beauty of the show. Exactly. It meets, it's in the open, like like what you're doing, what I'm doing. It's an open. Um, how do they say it? It's an open show. It's a uh, uh, open format. Yeah, no, it's an open topic show. Open yeah. format. Excellent. Yeah, where you're getting a wide variety of people. Yeah, that's I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. I could not do like just a sports show or a music show. Or yeah, I don't want that. That's cool stuff, but that's not enough for me. It's not enough. I talked yeah. to I talked to a veterinarian, and now this week I have on a you know a rapper from Chicago. Exactly, and it's like. I those are all those are scratching all different itches and it's no like pun intended. Yeah. But it's like I I don't know, I just I just really enjoy hearing all these different people because you know, everyone's life is just so different. It's it, yeah. do you find yourself yeah. uh do you consume a lot of podcasts? I feel not as much as I used to. Yeah, I don't have a lot of time, so yeah. I don't really listen to too yeah, many. I, well, I I'm you'll laugh at this, but I, I'm like on these crazy spy novel audiobooks from Audio. So you wow. you, re, you listen to one yeah. for a couple of nights 
you're like, oh, shoot, that was good. Then yeah. you, you notice the author has seven more. So, so you're like, I'm going to rip through these yeah, real quick. Got, yeah, I'm, right now I'm in that mode where I'm, I'm picking at what's on Rogan and, and Sigur. I'm looking at those, but I have to be really knocked over. Yeah. Uh, Lex Friedman was the gentleman we were talking about. Yeah, Lex Friedman, that is his name, yeah. Um, but I think like anything else, there's so much content, so much good content, that after a while you need to step back and take a break from it. And I sure. be- I've become better at this craft I think by stepping back and not indulging an excess amount of podcasts. Because in the beginning, I was just like, well, I get burned every out. day, every day, every day. Yeah, right? super burnout because it's like uh, whenever I got whenever I got into podcasting, you know, I, I feel like I was in it pretty early as far as a listener yeah. aspect of it all. Yeah. Like whenever Rogan was in his basement, like whenever yeah. he had the shitty ass <laughs> screens. So I was listening to these conversations. While I was, you know, in school yeah. and like commuting, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I used to commute an hour each way up to school. So I would, I would Perfect rip time. through so many podcasts and then I ended up like burning myself out because it's like, you know, it, it, you could burn yourself out with anything. And then I would step away from podcasts for a while and go back to music, mm-hmm. but then I would go back to podcasts and not That's listen healthy. to music forever. I think it's healthy. But uh, I, I, I agree with that, but it's now I, uh, you know, I'm kind of phasey. It's like some days uh you know, there'll be a month where I'm, mm-hmm. you know, just listening to podcasts, but then there'll be a month where I'm trying to finish a show. I like, think that's normal, man. Yeah. The last two months has been The I Sopranos. Think normal. Yeah. You ever yeah, watch The yeah, Sopranos? Yeah. You told me last time you were getting ready to start to watch that. <sighs> I watched You're it. You're addicted. Huh? I, I already you watch, you watch all the seasons. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I'm done with it now. But it was just like for that two months, like I was, <laughs> I felt like that I was like in the mob. It's one hell of a show, brother. It's one hell of a show for sure. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's, but that's like, you know, I get into these phases and I get yeah. in and out of That's things. A, I do the same damn thing. So you wake up one day yeah. and you decide, I think I'm going to start a podcast. Is that kind of how it happened? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think uh, I evolved. I got into Rogan early, so I, I really enjoyed being a fly on the wall. That was like, okay. you know, I was addicted to it. Okay. Uh, Why? What, what about it when you first started listening got you addicted? Well, you you have the people that you enjoy, you know, whether they be celebrities. Let's say I enjoyed, you know, Robin Williams or like Jim Carrey or something like that. The only opportunity you have to see them do their craft is their stand up or if they're on, you know, late night or something like that. You only get the spark notes glamorized version of it all in a podcast that's two hours long yes you know you can get addicted to the tangential conversations because you could really hear about what people think about you know dumbass shit like uh the fucking assholes who don't return their grocery carts you know something like that i want to hear jim carrey's thoughts on real life not just him as an actor i want to hear about mark maron in real life got it what makes him tick what annoys the shit out of him and uh it was addicting to be able to be a fly on the wall because that was the first opportunity to be a fly on the wall with your you know your heroes so excellent point now to carry that step further have you asked yourself yes isn't it interesting how that must really make certain celebrities feel really uncomfortable because a lot of celebrities do not do podcasts. And yeah. I think it's for that exact reason. They don't want to open up all of that to the public. Now, they may be doing it for a strategic reason. Prince, right? We yeah. never give the public much because they'd want more. Yeah. 
I think it has to do with just, to be honest with you, I think it exposed, or podcasting exposed, the true lack of depth in a lot of our celebrities. If you're talking to someone for two hours, you can't lie about it. I mean, you could lie, but people could read you more than, you know, just four minutes on cable 100%. television. You know what I 100%. mean? You, you you give yourself more opportunity to put your foot in the mouth. You give yourself more opportunity to really show your true colors. And that's why you have to be, uh, that's why, you know, that's why I'm, actors don't do, think about this. For sure. What is the one genre of entertainment that does the least amount of podcasting is actors. For and sure. By nature, they're playing somebody else, some other role, pretending to be someone else. That makes a lot and of sense. I don't know, as a whole, are most actors comfortable about going deep on anything in a public forum? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, that's why I think that that's... Do you ever listen to Mark Maron? Yes. So that's why I'm so fascinated by his show, because he'll have people like, you know, Andrew Santino, mm -hmm. who's a young, you mm -hmm. know, up and coming comedian. Well, not up and coming. He's here already. He but, or you'll have, you know, fucking Sharon Stone. Yeah. And you're like, Sharon Stone? You're like, I want to learn about her because right. you don't hear shit from that. Right. So I like, you know, the dynamic of his show because he usually has these wild people. And he had Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio on. Mm -hmm. And it's just... You know, you you don't often get that no, you, do you know not. candid conversation with point. people. Yeah, that's my point. And and that's like Jim Carrey. Do you see Jim Carrey on a, on, a, on a two hour podcast? No, and that and, and you're right though. But that you know, it really reveals who you Where's are. The Rock at where the Rock is the most popular man on the planet. I think he's also. I think that he literally does not have enough time in the day to spare. Uh, I think it's an excuse. I don't know. I feel like if he could have a podcast, he would be. Oh, I don't want him to have a podcast. I know, but I to want be a guest. To be, I want, why will he not sit down with Rogan? He's I mean, the most popular man on the planet. So his handlers are convincing him that maybe the overexposure will hurt him, or he's real comfortable in these spurts of information and to craft that image. But if you got down the dirty with him, and you did it for two hours in an unvarnished environment, he may disappoint. I and get that's that. where I think that also could be a possibility. And maybe he knows he would disappoint in a two-hour unfiltered conversation. So I, I don't know. I'm not knocking him. I'm saying it's interesting to me. I think it's that interesting. They don't do it. I could not. I could not disagree with your outlook on how the Ro I feel like that if him and Rogan talk for two hours it would be a fantastic conversation I feel like that that guy has so much to him but I I truly feel that you know people like people that are in that tier of like you know fame and celebrity Rogan is not in that tier because he controls his environment he does not do what he doesn't want to do mm -hmm. he keeps his shit very you in know a very enviable position control yeah I mean like he doesn't travel overseas for the UFC anymore he doesn't even do all the UFC events he goes to his office which is a fucking compound built exactly how he wants it and he just does what he wants Granted, there's a lot. There's a lot. I'm sure that's going on, you know, behind the scenes. That he has a lot to. That he has to, you know, meetings and everything like that. But if you look at people like The Rock and Kevin Hart and all that, I truly feel that that dude does not have time. I was looking at a uh, a '90s road schedule for Ric Flair, and uh, he had like two days off in 365 days. Yes, but. 
the argument can be made that they have all the time they want. They yeah. choose that schedule. They can do whatever the fuck. If, if the Rock didn't want to be that busy, the Rock doesn't have to be that. Here I'm talking like a no. The Rock didn't have to be that busy. <laughs> I agree with that. I was surprised whenever I saw people like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. on uh, Rogan. I'm encouraged by that. You yeah. Know, this is, these, are, these are people that we want to hear from. This show that there's more depth than just the red carpet. Like, I, did Brad, has Brad Pitt done one yet? I don't know. Uh, I don't. Because I never thought of him to being a very deep person. I don't think. I, can, I feel like Brad Pitt might have been on Rogan, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. I know he was on. I, I know think. he was on, uh, you know, Mark Marin, and like that was yeah. cool. But anytime any of them people are on there, it's very short, so which makes a good point for what you say. I don't know. I'm a rock. I'm like a rock stan. You know what I mean? I think that that guy could do no wrong. But I, 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 yeah. I often wonder that. Why isn't he on Rogan ever? Because Rogan is like, you know, you would almost think that they would implement that into his marketing schedule because that's think, the biggest thing in the world. This. Think about this. So. There's a lot of ego going on. So in Rock's world, him going on Rogan may, you know, maybe he thinks he's above Rogan. I mean, I don't mean it in a purely arrogant standpoint, but mm-hmm. in terms of way they, when you're in, you're that position, that successful, a lot of people are building you up all day long. Your handlers don't get paid yeah. to criticize you because most people can't take that. Yeah. The honesty. Yeah. So when you hear constantly that all these successes and the Terramana and the, the movies and the, and the Under Armour and the headphones and the talent, the shoes and the his weightlifting gym and his you know millions of people on Instagram. Okay, there's all of this stuff is working. You know, does he want to take the risk of going on two hours of Rogan and stepping in it and then having the maybe stepping in it a little bit more and then not being able to get back out of it again? And like you said, it's evergreen. Once it's published, it's published. That's an interesting way to he look at it. He can manage his two three minute interviews he can manage his interviews for entertainment tonight or for wwe he can manage that stuff it's it's because there's not an opportunity to dive deep into maybe certain situations brother yeah well that that but if you only have five minutes it's kind of like you know it's fluff it's it's fluff but it's also like you kind of have bullet points i would imagine but if you have a good salesman too if you have a two hour long podcast you can dip into politics and you could dip into all that shit that might be bad for business who knows it might be be areas that he doesn't want to go to and Logan, to his credit may say look I don't want to do a show with you if you're going to put conditions on it, so it's just not a good fit. And I think yeah. that's... Think about this. <clears throat> think about this. So, I'm not a fan of this guy's music. I don't... Kanye really, West. Yes. I'm not really a fan of him, period. Okay. But I don't hate him. and I, I, I'm kind of indifferent. Yeah. But I really wanted to spend the two hours and, and like maybe learn something Did there. you listen to his podcast? Entirely. And <laughs> and it was extremely disappointing on all kinds of levels. I got nothing out of it. I, yeah. I got a, I basically was exposed to a man that has some kind of bipolar issues where I think he has spurts of brilliance yeah. and has proven it in certain areas of his life, but he's not able to carry on a two-hour conversation in an semblance of order. So to me, it was disappointing, and I just wonder... I just wonder that in a certain circumstance, would The Rock perform very similar and, and, or be viewed after it's over in a, with a diminished luster? And that's where, you know, I, I credit Wes for going on there. 
but he didn't do well. And um, it doesn't mean that his fans aren't going to like him anymore. I'm just saying for people that are indifferent like myself who are peeking in to get a feel for all the what's all the mania about, I left there going, I don't really get it. I don't, yeah. I don't think his – I'm old. I don't think his styles are worth a hell, and I definitely don't <laughs> like his music. So I don't really know what the allure is. There's <sighs> definitely something there. I'm not saying there isn't. But he did win me over. Yeah. And so there wasn't any depth there. And I think if The Rock goes on there, maybe we will see that there maybe that there's not a lot of depth you got, there. You got something going for You got something against The Rock. <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. No, I, I used to like The Rock when he actually, when I, he was a wrestler, I thought he was hysterical. He was great behind the mic. For sure. He's got a squeaky clean image, and I really think that that will serve him well. I think he's got political aspirations, which might be the reason he's not going on there. That's interesting to think about. and I uh, I just don't believe, when someone is that popular and, and that's so squeaky clean, you always know. Yeah. At some point, there's got to be more of a story than that, right? There's yeah. got to be. Yeah. Got to be. Yeah, I could agree with that. I, I, I've definitely thought about why hasn't he been on there yet. You know, or, def- or any long form. Not even Rogan doesn't like Rogan. You know, well, that's the, you I mean, know that's, he's ass. That's the, of course that's it the is. show. That, of course it is. You know what I mean? That's where everyone's going to go on. And it's interesting now to see. What Rogan has like manifested into having people like you know Dummy Lovato on, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because before it was just like you know the glad, same, the glad, same. I, Miley, I'm glad Miley Cyrus. Yeah, like it's super. I loved her interview. Like mm-hmm. it was super cool, and it, it's it's cool to be able to have that, and like for him to switch up his, you know. Because before in the in the beginning it was all just different comedians. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's cool to be able to hear he crossed over it all in all parts of life. Yeah. Things that and it's what you and I are doing. Yeah. In a very small way. Things that are interesting to us. Yeah, for sure. The things that interest us, we're gonna go talk to people, right? Yeah. That's all he's doing. Do you think that he's all he's doing? Do you think that he's to the point where people are you know, he says, Oh yeah, Spotify doesn't have any control over anything, but it's like do you think that he was genuinely interested in Demi Lovato, or do you think that these are people that are like, hey, she is promoting some shit, would you have her on? That's a good question. I, I don't pretend to have the answer. I will say this, $111 million yeah. will make anyone... Yeah. Will will make anyone consider compromise. For sure. You would do it, I would do it. I know. If and it I- was part of the game... And they were giving me $111 million, plus everything else I have going on. And if people said that they wouldn't do it, they're liars. I, well, a million percent. Yeah. And so, so, but knowing that, I think that he is also fascinated by people. And I'm sure he's had guests on that he really wasn't fascinated by. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I think Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato, those... I'm sure there's executives at Spotify that are quite happy that they've been on there. For sure. Okay? For but sure. Is Joe a big fan of those two particular artists? Uh, who knows? Maybe? Yeah, maybe I think not. he's genuinely a fan of Miley Cyrus. Maybe, maybe not. But I just... I, I like the way... If he is faking it, you know, on those certain instances, I give him a pass. Yeah, but but does, he's doing a good job faking it. Does a good job at it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, what I mean. He's doing a good job faking it. And... and, and <laughs> And there's, if, if we have to wade through bullshit once in a while to get all the good stuff that he gives, yeah. it's fucking worth it. Can't win them all, right? It's worth it, yeah. right? It's worth it. All right, so back to the original question, man. Yeah. 
you didn't wake up one day and say you were going to do this because you started by listening to Rogan, right? I started getting into it early, and I always enjoyed being the fly on the wall, so I wanted to, you know, create my own show. Okay. So in, like, 2013, I created a podcast with my buddy and uh, another buddy of mine, and we ran a podcast that we had no idea what it was. You know, it was before anyone in the city was listening to podcasts, okay. so we would get, you know, 10 listens, 15 listens, and it was mostly, you know, friends and loved ones. So you're like, uh, you know, we did 12 episodes of it. Again, we didn't know what we were doing. We would do like a, you know, a zombie survival guide where it was just like, you know, it was like the season finale of Walking Dead. So we right would on. talk about how we would survive zombie apocalypses. Was this 2013? 2013, I think. So you were or like 2014. Early 20s. Yeah, early 20s. I've always like tried to been into, you know, I had a clothing, okay. I had a clothing yeah, line. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just always wanted yep. to, yep. you know, inject myself into that. Yeah that pool of people in the city. So we did this podcast fast forward, you know, uh, in them first couple episodes, we had an opportunity to interview Burt Kreischer. Yeah. And, you know, like that was so cool, but of course. it ended up just dissolving because, you know, it's hard enough to schedule two people at one, it, two people at one time. We had three people. We had to schedule everything around. I was going to college, you know, it was just easy for it to fall apart. No one was listening. So right. it just let it dissolve. Right. Years later, you know, I always wanted to start another podcast, but I didn't want to do it unless I knew exactly how I wanted to do it, exactly the way I wanted to do it figured out, some sort of like idea rather than just saying, you know, let's start it and figure it out. I wanted to try to come up with a name, a logo, and just really like get my ducks in a row. Yeah, professional. Just do it the right way rather than just dicking around with it. All right. You know, you're going to get wet. You might as well go swimming. So I... uh you know, the name came to me, and I was like, you know, let's let's go. Just let's stop right there and talk about that a little bit. Yeah. The name? Mm-hmm. You want to know how that came up with the name? Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how I came up with it in the beginning. Year, I'd say a year into it all, I, I really thought why the name stuck with me. I'll call you right back. You know, why did it stick with me? Why does it work the way it does? And I've settled on it being that every single person that I talked to on the show at one point in their life was working their ass off to get to where they were, to get to where they are today, okay. you know, whether it be you, me, anything in that period of time with all the hard work they're doing, I'm guilty of this. People calling me and me just having to say, yo, I got, I'm doing something. I'll call you right back. I don't do it to be a dickhead. You said it so smooth, too. I don't do it to be a dickhead. <laughs> I just do it because I'm working on something. I'm really it. trying to work yeah, on something. Yeah, of course. And I feel I'll call you right back is a phrase that, you know, encapsulizes all the hard work that people put into it. Right on. You know, I'll get back to you in a second. I'm trying to make some shit happen. Right. And that really stuck into my, you know, my mind, and I just always go back to that. It, did, it was an epiphany. It just came. It was to an epiphany. Bit. I swear to God, That's you know, crazy. whenever I, whenever I, you know, I, I was trying to think of a name where, I because I the clothing line I did, I came up with this name, and then like a couple months later, after I made all these shirts and everything, I found another company with the name. I immediately was like, I ain't doing this because yeah. you know I don't ever want to put something out that's under something else. Right. So I was I had a whole list of names of podcasts, and I wanted to come up with a name that I could Google, and nothing would come up. 
you know, nothing at all. I wanted to go on the Apple podcast app and type it in and I wanted nothing to come up. I'll call you right back was in my mind. I kept going back onto it. I love the phone logo. I've always loved the yeah. brick cell phones. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. man, like this is kind of like working together. together. And then I was like, the final test Strawberry. is to look on Apple Podcasts and type it in. And if nothing pops up, you know, that's it. I'll call you right back. It got some ring to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it got a, uh, it's unique. The and strawberry, then though. The strawberry. So the strawberry comes from. Uh, the nickname happened, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. I was invited to a football camp very early. Uh, I was the youngest kid out of Elizabeth forward that got there, that got invited there. The rest of them were all juniors and seniors, me being an eighth grader, all the juniors and seniors, you know, are doing their, you know, junior and senior thing, not giving any young kids some respect. So instead of learning my name, like a human being, I'm strawberry. And that <laughs> manifested itself and 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 went throughout the entire school. I had principals call me that. They would call me that over <laughs> the uh you know, the coaches would call me that. Uh I was announced that at the football games whenever I would get like a tackle sometimes. No oh yeah. It was definitely like something that just stuck with me forever and uh right I embraced it. I still have right you know, friends, parents that are still calling me that right on and i just wanted to you know that's something that i embraced in my life and that was a way to make that phone mine yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah first couple shows (laughs) who was your first show his name's zach pishney one of my good friends okay and what did you talk about so Zach Pishney is a, uh, a kid that was four years younger than me, five years younger than me, maybe. And uh, all my best friends played in a band in high school. Okay. All right. They were all similar age to me, except for this kid. He was, you know, four years younger than me. He was the youngest one in there, but he was the most talented. Okay. And he had the most, uh, he had the most, he was, he ripped on a fucking guitar, you right. know, young as hell ripping on a guitar. Right. It came to him so easy. Through all them battles of the bands and going to all these like small shitty shows and basements and house shows and everything, like I was with them as they were like wading through that mud and like really putting in the time. You know, this kid, you know, we would travel to these, we would travel to Columbus to go see a band called the, uh, called Like Moths to Flames. You know, it was just a heavy band that we would go and travel to see. And, uh, you know, we were just fans, buy tickets and we would go see him. Fast forward, he's now the guitarist in the band. He just wrote this last record, and he's just, like, you know, killing it. And Mm -hmm. it's so Mm -hmm. motivating. It gives me chills to think about it because he was, you know, little Zach in this band. And now he is the only one out of all these Mm -hmm. people who are still playing music and really, like, you know, made it, so to speak. You know what I mean? And uh, that was my first episode, and then I've had him on a few times after that, but... Uh, second show, second show was uh, Kama Worthy. He was a UFC yeah, fighter. Yeah. I, that, I he was a, that was before he was a UFC fighter. Yeah, right on. You know, he's been on a couple times. Yeah, he's been on. I saw him on here, but uh, you know, I just knew people. I knew him because I did the clothing. So yeah, uh, I had right them on. like right on. I had them uh, them them paths cross. So when you go back, do you, well, do you go back and listen to those shows or have you recently gone back and listened to those shows? I've listened to one. I've listened to him. Uh, I've like went back and I haven't listened to the whole episode, but I will skip through and like kind of see the vibe of what we were talking about just to kind of jog my memory and how they aged. Oh, I mean, as any good 
you know, as any good artist would say, it was garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's why, like, I want to, whenever I had them people on again, I, you know, I felt, I know, I felt like it, I disrespected man. them in I the beginning. Get it. No, I know. I, I understand the, the criticism because I have it. With, I, I kind of cringe it. I, uh, I think I shared this with you. I had the opportunity to have a, an 80s rock guitar god come through Pittsburgh and Tony McAlpine was yeah. here. And I had this guy's stuff, and like you know, and he's just this, he's a, he's a guitarist, guitar player. Yeah, and comes through, and Freddie arranged him to be on, and I just wish I had my skills today. Yeah, that I would have had for that show, hundred you know? percent. So I I listened to that show, and it's still wonderful. He was on, but that's one of those moments where exactly what you just said. I wish I would had my conversational skills that are current now. Yeah. So it'll be good when I get them back on. I'll get back out on tour once bands start going back out again. Yeah. I've yeah. always been someone who's been very conscious of not deleting, you know, the beginning of your history. You know, some people, oh, yeah. whether it be artists oh, or... I see what you're saying. Or the musicians, world. they'll I've go and delete all their that. old posts. Nah. It's like my thought is, why would I delete that? I want to... I want visual representation of, of the growth that you've made. That's a tapestry so like, of your life. Yeah, you know what I mean? If you look at my Instagram of the podcast, you know, you scroll all the way down to the first post, it looks like shit. There was yeah. no there was no rhyme or reason that I would do anything. I was just posting random dumbass shit. But, you know, over time you keep scrolling, you could see, you know, the moments, yeah. you know, the epiphanies that I had on like how I wanted to do things and yeah. when I switched things up and you know, how, I, I how like was, that. How was um how have you changed according to the equipment? We don't have to give too technical or geeky we can if you want but like what did you start out with i started out with two sennheiser mics and uh a h6n a zoom h6n uh the you only reason a good i well i bought it because uh i looked up what the best podcasters that i was listening to back then were that's what ari shafir used he uses an eight four or an h4n i think he still uses an h4 but burke kreischer had an h6 yeah. and uh it was just you know for the bang for the buck it was it was my best bang for the buck because i didn't have to have the zoom age like, yeah yeah, yeah so I, we're using an f8 right now so, so yeah but you have to have like uh an external power source and shit for it all that zoom runs on batteries yes. i could be mobile with it yes so at first we could do that here i could i can connect this to batteries if i took it out of here but yes you're right this, this isn't as portable you know what i mean it's just like it, it I didn't, good stuff, though. It is. It's good stuff. But it's. I didn't have the opportunity to be picky about you know having people come to me. Oh, I right wanted on. to be able to be mobile in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Because I wanted to be able to be in people's environments. Yeah. Like That was super important okay. for me in the beginning. But then I started to realize that I can't control the environment if it's i go to, to these people so like i went to record a dj one time and you know there was construction going on right next door and he was like oh that's gonna bother you and i'm like yeah dude i'm not recording this right now yeah right on. and and i just wanted to be in control of the environment of it all yeah and that, that helps too and that's one of the benefits i'm sure you're experiencing now having your own studio it's for like, sure it's like you you control the environment um and yours is very comfortable. I mean, you Appreciate created an that. environment that you people want to have conversations. You know, and that, that was the cra unless somebody has OCD, and we haven't encountered anyone with manic OCD yet that yeah. probably wouldn't in, enjoy sitting in here. But for the most part, people like the uh, the eclectic nature, and it's uh, we got enough sound stuff in here. It's damp. I mean, it's yeah. the, the acoustics are really good in this room. Yeah, for sure. But it it 
encourages conversation. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, yeah, this is important. Cultivates it for sure. Bingo. You know, you're sitting here and it's just a good vibe. Like I said, I'm an energy guy. Yeah. There's good energy here. Right on. I enjoy that. Thank you. But I, I would. Having your own studio, you can understand that it it mat that matters. It helps for production. Yeah, the quietness of it all. It also helps for you, you know, your creativity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. me being in a comfortable spot that I don't have to tear down every time. Because whenever I was in the whenever I was in my apartment, I would put up the mic arms, I would put up the microphones, you know, get all the shit set up, kick my wife out of the house. It's nuts. But now it's nuts. I have a place that I can just have all my shit out. So just turn it on. Yeah, you just turn it on. So like we were saying, the equipment, I had two mics, two mic cables, and an H6N. I was able to be mobile. I leveled up my shit to a roadcaster. Yeah, right on. And uh, it's just, uh, it's just, it gives me the capabilities to, you know, uh, import sounds into the sample pads. Mm-hmm. You know, I could do everything. Just it's built for podcasting. Right. I had a uh, an artist on the other day. Uh, he had, you know, some music that I really enjoyed, and I picked out some lyrics from his songs that like really stuck out to me, and I imported them into mm-hmm. the sample pad. So. You know, it's the first time I did it. I'm, like, trying to utilize the new equipment that I have. Got it. And, uh, you know, we're talking about he had a, uh, you know, we, we got on the topic of collaborating and how intimate it is. And it just so happened I have a snippet queued up from an interview where he talked about collaboration. Okay. So it was cool to be able to do that and, like, implement that. So yeah, that, that's that's a cool – it's, it's – mm, let's go down that road. So I do a UFO show here. Yeah. And it's probably one of the two highest panel shows that I do in terms yeah. of viewership. Wonderful people. Um, this <laughs> last people. No, they are. Yeah, I mean, it ain't. They're not. People aren't viewing because of me. It's because yeah. of the content that these folks are putting out. I'm just along for the ride. But I will tell you, we bought a TV, and we, you know, because uh, the guy who runs this, James Krug, he is our. UFO expert, he belongs to the move on, but he's also a man of science. It's a really weird dynamic there, really cool. Yeah, but he gives presentations at these conventions, so he had this presentation on his laptop, and we just put it on the TV. So for our show purposes, it was awesome. But I have to figure out how to take that, you know, and then incorporate it in my finished product. And I guess my point is, I have to be careful because I don't want a finished. A and E documentary. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Like I have to keep the delineation between a talk show slash podcast and a finished ultra glossy production. Yeah. But I have to make it viewer centric, so I've got to figure out a way to do that because when he's making reference to this during the show, if the audience can't watch the actual video, that's a fucking problem. Yeah, you need to put it through a computer so you can record the screen. Yeah, so we're going to record the... He's going to start... I guess he's going to restart it uh, and record the actual screen the entire time, and I'll just lace it in like I would a regular video track. Yeah, exactly. We'll do that, but we didn't think all that through. Yeah, I get it. My point, though, is that do you ever have those moments where you think, well, I want to do video, I want to start this or that? Do you worry about um, not being too good, but being almost too glossier or entering an area that kind of leaves podcasting and goes in a different direction 
the only reason that so I've been having a you know big internal battle over the last year of of me wanting to implement video into the podcast. Personally, I don't watch video podcasts. I never really do. I usually consume all podcasts just mm-hmm. audibly through my headphones from cutting the grass, riding cars, working at work. Um, I I know that there are some people that watch podcasts on YouTube and they enjoy that and they enjoy consuming that way because it adds a different element to it. It can. But I, I enjoy... You know, I get a lot of inspiration from Mark Marin because he's never added video to it. Right. I feel like video adds a whole different dynamic. That it becomes a different animal. Well, it adds a it adds a it adds a vulnerability to people. Not everyone wants to be on video all True. the time. People are sitting there, you know, fixing their stuff. If their hair is messed up, some people are more conscious than others. Some people are, you know, aware that they're on video, yeah. so they're like, you know, keep looking at the cameras and shit like that. Yeah. So, you know, it might be a little bit more stuffy for people. Audio is just, it's a little bit easier. You know, it's its not as complex. It's easier to edit shit. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't have to worry about, you know, being on camera and uh, it's weird because the guy that I have on tomorrow, he, you know, that's the first question that he asked me. He immediately said, he said, yo, is this on camera? And I said, no. And then we got into that topic. I was like, as someone who is an interviewee, yeah, you know, a, a rapper that's doing these things, you know, that's different than a podcaster. I was like, how does it make you feel if you're on camera? And he yeah. was saying, you know, I enjoy, you know, it being audio and not being on huh. camera. And uh, it's it's interesting, interesting to think about that. But I also feel that it would benefit me, but I also feel I don't want to do it. I don't want to dip my toe into that until I'm ready yeah. to be in there 100%. I think that's wise. You don't want to come out and to like dabble in it yeah, and then find out it's not yours and take it away. Well, not even that. It's like it's like I don't want to be able to put out one product and not be able to replicate that every single week. I don't want to have yeah. one episode with just video and then the next one I don't have video for it. So until I invest a ridiculous amount of money in the shit that I need to do it the correct way, I'm not going to implement video into it. You know, yeah, it's it, it's, it's working wise. how it is right now. I think it's wise. And I, I will say this. Like we I wanted to do a, a video talk show from the beginning and yeah. the reason I wanted to was twofold one I want I thought that if I had a really good optics I could initially capture people just on curiosity and some of them may stick around that yeah. was a marketing end of it yeah the other thing was I did envision the four panel the four people show four person show uh, along with one-on-ones um and I noticed that when I would listen to audio podcasts where they added the third person or they went further and added the fourth person and sometimes even had five. It's distracting, hard to... It's hard at times if you really don't key on the voice inflections and changes in Tom Timbre of the voices, you sometimes... You can't discern who it is. You can't tell who it is. So I thought if I'm going to do these panel shows, which is kind of uh, what I wanted to do move toward in the beginning yeah video just was a better fit yeah you know just i agree with goals. that just different goals i agree with that for sure and whenever you do have multiple guests on it's definitely beneficial because you know you you see more but that's why i try to only have on one guest at a time yeah. like i've always been like very adamant about have you that. ever done two at a time yeah for sure i've uh i've had some instances but it has to fit you know has to fit my criteria. I had Mikey and Big Bob on. Oh, right on. So 
I interviewed them together because them two are a pair. You know what I mean? They've been working together. Yeah. They've been best friends forever. They work off of each other. They know each other's lives. Uh, I don't really have on like, you know, I had on a, a, a set of twins who are creatives in the city. They're the hounds. Um, they, you know, I had them on because, you know, they're twins. They're brothers. They know everything about each other. Right. But whenever you have you know more than one person on it gets very distracting because you can't focus on someone's life really oh because whole different dynamic you know if there's another person sitting next to you right now and i'm like eric you know like let's talk about you like what were you like in high school what kind of shit did you play you know whatever like that and you get done with your story and then i go and i have to focus on this other person and ask them the same thing and by the time that they're telling me their story you know people are forgetting about you so i've always been very conscious of like wanting to give my full attention to one person yeah because you really your shows are very interview centric. Yeah, They're not formal interviews. You, you're real skilled at putting it in a conversational style. But, Appreciate that, but but it's the truth. But I think I have an element of that, you know. But I think I I really I like the panel discussion. That oh, I love it. It's a different kind of. Yeah, I hope so. You're going to be part of one here coming up. It's a different soon. beast. It's a different beast, and if it's filmed right, I think we film pretty uniquely. If it's filmed right, it's really kind of cool to watch. Oh, it is for sure. And you've you know? definitely inspired me. After we talked, uh, whenever you were on my podcast, I was definitely inspired with the whole idea of panels. So I got some shit in the works for that. I have uh, I have ideas, but I'm also someone who's like. I'm I'm almost uh, too calculated to a fault, you know. Mm-hmm. I I I I think about things until I get all the details. Yeah, and yeah. then it's a better way I, to maneuver your life. It's a better way to maneuver your life. Yeah, but sometimes it's you know it can muck you up a little bit. It can <clears throat> muck you up for sure. The the uh, what I was getting to in regards to the interview thing is that when I add the third person in the room, the interview goes away it's impossible even if that person's an observer i've had some instances where um and i'm not a fan of this and i don't want to offend anybody i love all my guests and everyone who's been here has been wonderful i haven't had knock on wood we have never had an incident down here ever not even slightly uncomfortable everything's been cool but i've had at times people come with their spouses or their girlfriends or their family or their managers where they would sit here and watch me interview the person they're with. Yeah. Even that is not utopian for me. Yeah, I've had that too. Adding the third person in there, especially if they're really not engaged in any of the conversation, oh, it's yeah. awkward. But if you if the if the intention is to have somebody here interview them or have an interview circumstance, if you bring another person in, it's almost like you almost feel obliged to a degree to interview them as well. Yeah. And, and that's not... To involve That them. doesn't fucking work. Yeah. You want to bounce a topic around and get thoughts on topics and share ideas. Totally different story. Perfect, actually. Yeah. When I add the third, I'm never really comfortable. Yeah. But when I have the fourth, I'm really comfortable. Yeah. Two or four, perfect. The third's a different kind of beast. It can work. It yeah. worked two shows ago with me because it was a it was a panel kind of discussion. It wasn't an interview. You yeah. see what I mean? But you, but you add the fourth, <clears throat> man, it's, it's just like it gets really good. 
I agree with that for sure. And I've had I've had uh, guests where they've came over and they've brought in people with them, and they literally sat on the couch right next to the people that I'm interviewing, and they don't participate at all. I don't like it. Oh, I hate it. I <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I don't like. I it. used to. I used to be. I used to ask people like if if it was uh, whenever yeah. I was in my apartment because the quarters were so close, I would make sure I would ask people, "Are you bringing anyone with you?" And uh, you know, I would kind of hint, you know, don't bring anyone because it's fucking distracting. But uh, I've also had experiences where I had people come over and they start talking to the person sitting next to them, like, "Oh, dude, you remember that story?" And then you have people off mic having a conversation, and it makes me die a little bit inside oh then you're singing my song yeah man. and it's like you know we're obviously someone who we're, we're <laughs> people that do my this song man we're, we're people that do this so we want it to be the best way and we do everything we can to a million percent control the environment well, of course and and of whenever course. it's things that we can't control like someone bringing someone well, unannounced make it even it's even worse God. when you got video like, oh yeah like you know it's tough for me because like I created this special environment in here where from a video standpoint, you know, it really we want it to look good and you want you want the viewer to focus on the engagement between the people. Yeah. When someone's just here, I there's no way for me to film this where they're completely out of camera. Yeah. I got too many cameras in here. Yeah, it's for just sure. impossible. So now you've got the viewer looking in going, Why is, why that, is person that person not talking? Not talking? Like yeah. what the fuck's going on there? So again, and it's going to come off crass and everybody's been wonderful there hasn't been any issues but ideally i would just want the person involved with the show in the studio yeah i've had circumstances where i've had three guests myself with the panel of four people i've had people ask can they bring a fifth or a sixth in here i almost let it happen one time but i'm kind of holding against it there's room but it won't make me comfortable. And yeah. selfishly, if I'm not comfortable, it's I not don't want to fucking do it. Yeah, it's not going to work. And that's, you, you know, you don't have to feel any fault from that at all. It's I'm the same way, though. I like uh, I like to create my own environment and I like to be in my own environment. And that's why, you know, it's your show. I, what exactly? This <laughs> would be selfish asshole for a second. You know, it's my name on the fucking show. See, right? I was worried. I was worried whenever I moved because before I moved, I lived closer to the city. I was only ten minutes out of the city, right but on. now I'm you know thirty five minutes out of the city. So I had a, I had a lot of anxiety whenever we were getting ready to move to our new house because I was like, are people going to be willing to drive out to me? You know what I yes. mean? Like I used to like, it used to eat me inside that like I had to ask someone who lives in Monroeville to come out to me on a Monday evening. If they want to be on a show. Exactly. And that's what everyone says. You know, everyone's like, if they're going to, I mean, you're giving them a platform, you know, they want to be on your show. If they don't want to, they're going to say no, but it's just like, you know, is it an obstacle or are you creating an additional obstacle? Yeah. Living? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, those are things that are just like as a podcast, you know, creator, those are things that like eat at me inside that people probably don't understand. And people don't even like, doesn't resonate with people. Well, I, I don't think anyone does, you know, I, I don't think any of these people brought their friends or yeah. their loved ones because they, I don't think they just understand. They, they, just, yeah, they don't, not, but it's different. It's a different thing because and you don't want to be hurtful and make someone wait outside. I mean, I got this the uh, business suite next door, so I can say, hey, there's a TV over there. Go knock yourself out. Yeah. 
haven't still, done that yet, but, but still, still, it's kind of like, you know, it's like... You uh, feel like, oh, I'm kind of being an asshole a little bit, but it's like, am I, though? But it, you have to rely on people understanding your point of view, but in reality, unless someone does this, they don't really understand that. Why is it in a big deal yeah. that they just sit here? And you're like, it's really not, but it, I mean, it could be way better of a situation if they're not involved you know well especially because it's, got the, it's a video show I mean, yeah like i can almost say look you know it's optics man it, it's it is really more than that because that's know, why i have tremendous all that, i have tremendous respect for what you do with the video because it's hard it is it's definitely hard and you put out a great product Thank you, man. that's why uh even before i heard of your show it's like the first time i saw one of the videos i was like you know who is this dude that's putting out this like this crazy ass content <laughs> you know the studio obviously looks amazing like the video that you put out looks amazing thank you and it's uh you know it's apparent yeah and, and i that means coming from you that means a fucking lot anyone that, come, that does this to the degree that you do that that's how you feel about the product that that's that's a lot of validation i like that validation for sure um and you know, it, it's you have this vision. This is the tough part about this business because you kind of have no idea how the show's going to go. You yeah. just don't know, and that's yeah. the great part about it. But from a production standpoint, you kind of know how you want it to be presented. Yeah. And when you are you lose control of that, it's tough. Yeah, it is. That's tough. Yeah, it is. It's uh, and that's I mean that's ultimately why i have not implemented video in it it's like but yeah you, but you will i could spend the money and i <laughs> could buy the shit and do it you will i will because strictly for the fact that it'll be uh it'll be more uh it'll be able to it's a way to add more content you know the only no question because it, it kills me right now that i have these podcasts that i don't have video to because there's snippets that i could put on 100%. you know instagram that's gonna eventually that's gonna ultimately bring more people to the show and something people, we've never done yet and i need to do that yeah and that's and that's like really what i'm working on but it's also yeah. like you know that whole ball of wax that it comes with where it's editing being able to you know have the capacity to produce these you know high quality videos like you do each week you know yeah it's a it's a passion thing it's a labor of love it and, is and i i will tell you that to take it to the next level and do a full production show and polish the turd so to speak to make it like more um more more can had the show conform more toward the edit the proper editing that, that is done in tv and in movies yeah i could do all that and i could hire somebody to do all this editing and hire somebody to do my social media platform i would love to have that stuff but am i will do i want to commit the dollars to it yeah and give up the control some control and that i'm a control freak yeah me too and i'm really and a control kinda, freak that's kind of the thing i worry about how like, do you how do you get how do you deal with that as someone who Man, is... I was going to ask you how you deal with it. I, mean, I don't really. It's hard for me to. The only thing that is really, you know, uh, kind of making me, forcing me to feel okay with it is, you know, I'm not artistic in the way that, you know, drawing pictures. Like, I, I have a million ideas in my mind, but okay. it's hard for me. You know, I, I have no artistic ability to draw or produce things like that. So I have to outsource 
designing from other people okay and i have no control over that and in the past you know four years of me investing money into designs there has been times where I've paid people decent money and I just have not been happy with the design yeah. it is. And I just have to eat that money because yeah. they did their job. They produced this design. It's high quality. Yeah, it's just no not doubt. just not my no cup of tea. So I'm not going to put it out. So I ate that couple hundred bucks, yeah, whatever. I know the feeling. But it's like, you know, that sort of like control is something I, you know, I ultimately want to have control over, but I don't. So yeah. I'm starting to realize, you know, there's just things that are going to happen that I'm going to just deal with. Yeah. So the control thing, um, looking back on on my years of entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, I guess the right word, uh, I've had circumstances where my success was extremely limited by, you can say ego, whatever you want to say, but my inability to hire the right people to do the right kind of work for me to help grow my business. I, I control freak. I couldn't trust. Yeah. Yeah. That hampered me a lot. Um, and I can look back on it pragmatically. Now I think the reason now for this show, it's so much of a passion project where I don't. And again, it's just unique to me. I just don't have a money component to it that I'm not compelled to go seek out the right person to quote unquote take it to the next level doesn't mean that a year from now a day from now three years from now I might do that yeah depending on how I feel that day I just haven't felt it yet it's an option for me and I can see some avenues where it may help my career my you know but right now that would require me to give up the look and feel because no matter what I've done I've shown editors my show chad i've said look watch three or four of these see the way i edit the length of the transitions the camera angles how it's cropped i know it breaks every rule of video but that's how you want it editing but it's our unique signature yeah so there's consistency duplicate that here's the raw show i'll pay you i paid them Every single uh, one, two, three, there's been four editors, four shows that were not done by me, maybe five, four for sure. None of them looked like I would do them. Everyone took editorial license. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying I asked them not to. They still did it, trying to correct the mistakes that yeah. I make in my presentation and showing me a better way. It's not what I asked for. Yeah. So I've just came to the conclusion that human nature of in the creative space is so strong that they just can't do for money what I ask them to fucking do. Yeah. There's always that, well, I can do this better. Look at this. Look at this. Yes, maybe in your mind it's better. I'm paying you to do this. Will you do this? And so far, the answer has been they can't do it. Yeah. That's a weird thing, man. I mean, I don't know. I, I, my whole thing is no one is going to work harder than you are for your own thing. You know what I mean? No one. It doesn't matter how much money you're paying for. These people are, you know, no one is going to show as much care and passion in your project. Right. Agreed. Than you. Agreed. So I try to keep it, you know, I try to keep my uh, my my hand of cards as close as I can. Yeah. You know, anything I could do myself, whether it be, you know, I, I wanted to, I, I love coffee. I wanted to make my own coffee. Mm -hmm. I could have just hired someone to make coffee. Right. I didn't want to do that. I, 
hired some or I went to someone where I could go do the shit myself. I get it. I want to be involved in it. I want to be I want to have all the control over because if it doesn't work, that's on me. But if it does work, that's on me. No one has helped me with this podcast. No one has done anything else for this podcast but me. And it's almost it's almost kind of an addicting feeling to know that like I'm a one man show, you're a one man show. Mm -hmm. It's like no one, you know, I went through all this like I went through the mud, and whenever I get to where I'm going to want to be with it one day, it's like, I got here because it was me. Well, I think you and I are speaking about this from a position where neither one of us are using this these vehicles as our main source of income. Yeah. If that was different, like when I was in the guitar business, my arrogance or lack of humility and uh, not being able to let go and trust that hampered me from growing the entity because I couldn't let the professionals take yeah. the load off me and do certain things that yeah. they're good at. Yeah, here it doesn't hold the same weight because I'm not looking from a monetary component. If this was my sole source source of income, you could better damn believe. Yeah, I you're going to do like, whatever you can. I would have had multiple people trying to. You know, I don't think it would work, but trying to lift this thing into public television or you know whatever. Yeah, but. We're in a luxurious position now where we can be, we can run it as a little dictatorship right now. Yeah. You know, we we can do that. Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, it it is fun. But success will put strains and constraints on your time. And you may at some point feel like, hey, I've got to get some help here. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I feel that I'm, you know, I'm uh, confident enough in myself as you know, a creator to know when that time will be like, I know that I know whenever there's going to be a time or I feel confident, I should say that whenever that time comes that I'll be able to recognize like, Hey, I'm not being able to perform right. and do the things that I needed to do at the capacity that I need to do them. So I'll have to outsource that. But I mean, right now I'm doing pretty damn yeah, you're good managing at it. it. I'm Absolutely. Doing well at it. And, 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 and I have, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't have to rely on other people to do shit. You know what I mean? So it's great to know. That's a big, I, big benefit of doing it yourself. I know how my process is to record. I know how long it takes me to edit shit. I know yeah. how long it takes me to upload shit. I know how I want to do it. I just, you know, it's hard for me to want to try to let someone else try to do that because I'm still going to be putting in that time because mm-hmm. I'm going to be checking over every single thing that they're doing. And, I'm going to end up it, might as well do it. ultimately have to do it. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of problems with that. Like <laughs> trying to give away some sort of, uh, well, it's a level of control. Yeah. Or sometimes just perceives control. But, but I mean, it's hard for me to even like want to, uh, try to involve someone to even like take photos or anything like that. I just, I don't know. I just, I like having it a small operation Mm -hmm. because I don't have to worry about scheduling with people or, you know, Mm -hmm. this is in my home. So I don't have to, I want to be conscious of who I have in my home. But that's the luxury of doing this because you can do it any way you want. For sure. There's no template. No rules to any of this. Yeah. And that's the great, that's the, that's the blessing. And it's also the curse. There's no, you know, uh, I seem like I've been doing this a lot in my life. Like the, I started an internet retail guitar business in '98, technically when there all these mom and pop guitar stores were not on the web. Yeah. There wasn't any kind of online only dealership. Yeah, 
guitar players won't buy guitar sight unseen. Are you crazy? They have to play it first. You know, I had all the reasons not to do this, and I had no template to say, oh, they did it. I'm going to do these things, and it's going to work. Yeah. So I was making it up as I go along. Yes, there's a lots of podcasts, but this concept of starting a talk show in a little home in my hometown with no particular agenda and no real single topic and trying to put a full polished visual show on from day one, there was no fucking template to, and not have any sponsors. Yeah. There was no template for that. You know, yeah. so I feel like here I am again trying to make my way without being able to pull resources or, you know, like a, a, a roadmap from anywhere. Yeah. And I guess I kind of like it. Yeah. I like being able to put shit together. I like being able to rely on, you know, who I am as a person and the relationships that I've made over what I've done in my life and being able to, you know, put shit together in a way that I'm able to do, you know, I know so many different people and it's all because of this mm -hmm. and all because of just having conversations with everyone. So if I don't know something, someone that I know is going to know something. That's yeah, a benefit, man. Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's, and, and I'm, I don't, that doesn't, you know, I don't take that lightly. No. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm very thankful for all the people that I've been, had the opportunity to, you of know, course. have to share time with. Because, uh, you know, when I was younger, I feel I never really gave a shit about time. You know, everything was surface decisions for me. Like, I never really was, you know, conscious of people's times, you know, respectful of people's time. But as I'm getting older, it's like I'm more respectful of things and I'm more thoughtful whenever I think about things. I don't want to waste people's time. I don't want to waste people's, you know, things that they can never get back. Well, sure. So it's like, sure, it's just something that, that I try to, you know, really keep in, in my mind, you know what yeah. I mean? Like how I, how I just like want to conduct everything that I'm doing yeah. and it's, it manifests every day, you know, no doubt. definitely what, manifests. Do you, do you on occasion or ever or all every day, do you think about what your advice would be for people who ask you? and are serious about starting a podcast. Yeah. Do you think about what you've told people or what you would tell people? Oh, yeah. People ask me a lot. Uh, I tell them, I, I... Are you fucking crazy? Well, there's some people <laughs> There's some people that are like, you know, can you tell me all the, all the equipment that you use and everything like that? And I feel like that there's some people who think like, you know, some people might have the mindset of thinking like, oh, fuck them. Like, I had to do the research and I had to figure this shit out on my own, they could figure it out on their own. Mm -hmm. But at one period of my, at one period in my life, I was probably like that. You know, sure. whenever I did the clothing shit back then, it was always just like, Oh, I found this person who is this t-shirt printer. Like you find your own shit. Right. But now I just tell everyone everything. I'm like, this is the equipment I have yeah. because in the end, it's all about the time that you're going to put into it. It's relevant. Yeah, it's all relevant. And and the advice I always give them is to just, you know, start doing it because you don't know what you're going to be doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of had an idea, you know, I'm kind of following along the idea that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to interview cool people about what they do and how right. they got to that point. Right. I'm accomplishing that, but it's like it manifested itself over time into what it is today. Right. And I feel like everyone... You know, no one's going to have a complete 100% idea 
and be able to execute it that accurately. It's going to change in some way, but you've got to go through an experience and start it mm-hmm. so you could start you know, getting them reps in. Yeah, people want the. I mean, we know that going in any conversation with someone that's asking you questions is that people want the quick hit. They want yeah. the quick fix. We live in a society that's immediacy. Yeah, right? that's it. But it's not a mantra. You've got to put the time in. Um, even if it, you don't even label it as hard work, the time to contemplate what works and what doesn't, what's yeah. interesting to you and what isn't. And I would suggest that don't spend a second doing this if it's not interesting to you. Or yeah. don't spend a second on a topic or speaking to someone on a topic if you don't get anything out of it. Yeah. That would be, be rule number one that yeah. I would tell somebody. I agree with you that. Because I don't, I don't want to – if I had a sponsor that was giving me 1000 or $2,000 a show or $2,000 a month to – to do this, but they wanted these kind of guests. You know, I could not do that, man. I yeah. just, I mean, that that became a it became a job then. Yeah, it's a job you then. Know? It's a job then. That's why, like, it's uh, that's why it's important to, you know, if you ever involve money with brands, it's like, it was always important for me to find someone that that I didn't have to work right on you know what i mean right on obviously i'm still working with them but it's like turner's is not someone it doesn't feel like work you know what i mean it's just you know you're just reminding people you know Mm -hmm. i'm just being a little bit more vocal about what i love yeah and i love turner's tea no i'm just kidding but it's like you heard it here really what it is though and uh it's you know i never really had ideas of like you know i didn't start the podcast in hopes that I was going to, you know, get sponsorship from a and bunch of people. that's what we should tell people because I think that there's that mantra that people are getting into it. And I, maybe we should just tell them point blank. And maybe you have, you know, because I really haven't. Like, if if what is your goal? If you, if they start saying, well, I'd like to grow it into something, how? By getting sponsors or what is the goal? Or to get wealthy? Because if it's a money thing, that's probably the wrong reason to start it right now. Yeah really yeah i mean i mean it's in a world of saturation it's the hardest time to start anything certainly t-shirt brands podcasts anything they're all popping up a million every day and it's not impossible we're not trying to discourage anybody at all but do it if you love it do it for the do it for the conversation yeah trying to make you aware that it's not gonna just you know pop in you're not just gonna blow up you know some people blow up you see that shit online it happens yeah, 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 but yeah. it's like so rare you know what i mean and i feel like that the mentality that you have going into this got to be correct you know i knew in the beginning that it wasn't just going to be like you know we're off to the races everything's right. going good i'm gonna you know right. quit my job right. right after starting this i knew that like this was going to be a grind i knew that i was gonna have to build shit mm-hmm. you know i knew that i was gonna have to work hard to get people and then once i started building a resume once it started getting word of mouth people were gonna you know people were gonna learn who i was of and course. what i was building and it was gonna be easier and like there was times in the beginning where i had to beg not beg people but i had to you know be out there like searching all the time to have people on but now it's like i gotta tell people like i have two months booked out in advance so i'm thankful for what it is but i was it never i never took it lightly i knew that i knew what i was gonna have to do to get to where i am now yeah no i get that completely and i I think it's um i think a lot of people don't though oh there's no question some people just expect this all to happen right away. Well, I mean, I think that those people 
probably have other markers in their life and they're running their life that way in other areas where they have expectations that things are just going to work out. And maybe in their life they've been graced or blessed with things working out to their convenience. But this is a tough animal, man. You are, this is media. This is asking someone to buy into a conversation or find find something useful that you're offering. Yeah. Um, And then... I don't know about you, but just having the intestinal fortitude to not look at results and judge them internally. Like, you know, my first couple of shows when I didn't see any viewers or a lot of views or a lot of audios, I mean, I could have quit. Frustration can set it at any time. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, either I'm a rockhead or I really love this, but I'm not stopping for anyone else's reasons. I'll stop this when this is no longer fun. Yeah, it's, I, I, you know? I, I immediately like kind of got, you know, any sort of the gauging of like if I if episodes had views and stuff like that. You were talking about yeah. like the first yeah. couple they don't have views, but it's like in the beginning. I would go by like what it would be like, what were these views in the first five hours? Like, is it starting to like catch on a little bit more? But you know, then I start realizing that like those, those numbers don't mean shit because it's like, exactly people are clicking on it because someone else might be a bigger name. Obviously people like Mikey and big Bob are Mm going to have more views, you Mm -hmm. know, sure. than someone who is a random ass person that you call when there's a raccoon that's rabid in your house. But honestly, the conversation, I could not implore people enough to listen to those conversations. Sure. You know what I mean? Listen to the ones that you don't know. But in the end, if they listen, great. And you yeah. hope that you, you bring joy and happiness to people and enlightening conversations. But I think and we've, we've talked about this prior. And I'm going to say it again. And I believe this is my mantra. My mantra is that America is the land of opportunity. It always has been. And I believe it always will be. And the one thing about America is you don't have to be fantastic at what you do. Yeah. You just have to do it. Just got to do it. Over and over and over again yeah and consistency and repetitive nature will bring you success every time yeah. every time that's the formula high quality work over and over again critics be damned do your thing and believe in yourself and it's going to happen yeah. sometimes faster than other times, but it's going to happen. That's the that's the beauty of the American system, man. Yeah. I mean, the rock band Kiss, I'm very familiar with them. They're a big part of my story. Not the best musicians, you know, very strange makeup <laughs> and costumes. And I heard Genius got it. Yeah, I got the COVID. You I heard the COVID. it. My point is, when they started that shit in the 70s, they musically couldn't compete with most bands. Yeah. But they believed in that formula. And barring them makeup coming on and off, but the crazy outfits, the loud music, the the driving force of the band never changed. They beat their brand and their style and their persona into the conscious of America. Yeah. With, with average music, a couple anthems here or there, but just... They didn't have to be the best at anything, man. Except maybe blowing shit up. But yeah. the point is, they weren't like 
at the top of the musical charts. Yeah, I get at it. Top of the the technique charts. But they wedged their way in there, and they built themselves of a leg in it. and just beating the consciousness of America, bludgeoning them to see that logo, to see what they do. They love them or hate them, you're not going to forget about them. Exactly. Well, you kind of do that with podcasting. You, that repetition over a long period of time, people will. You can't. <laughs> you can't help but not be successful. Yeah. Yeah, you see I mean, what I mean? But if you think about it, it's like, I think it all like boils down to the saturation of everything. It's like, no matter what, there's someone else out there that's starting of course. a million of these. So of my th- it's always been in the back of my mind that, you know, I don't care if a, a thousand more podcasts start. It's just like, what could I do to try to be different with it? Of course. And what could I do to make it stand out? Because there's it's always part of the journey. There's always going to be saturation. Yeah. It's like, and and Bingo. that's that's what that's the fuel to your Bingo. fire. You, that's what makes you keep pushing and keep being Bingo. better and keep checking yourself. But and ultimately, keep in the it. end, the motivation to do all that are you having fun? Yeah. Are you getting a lot out of the conversations? Because t- t- as long as that's happening, yeah, the rest of the stuff it'll you know, it's gonna work itself out the yeah. rest of it is like you know i look now at the viewership of the shows and like ah, it worked out pretty good but i mean it, i didn't key on that shit yeah it's just it's what happened because i think i put out consistent shows all the time yeah different guests consistent people see me having a good time they might not even they see me smiling having a good time then something something special is going on down there they don't know what the hell it is and even if they peek in for like 20 minutes, I don't care. Yeah. You know, it just, we're here. If you dig it, give it a shot. Awesome. If you don't like it, that's cool too. Yeah. But I don't do it for them. I agree with that. You know? That's how I think about it too. If you don't want to listen, don't listen. Yeah. Someone else wants I'm, to. I'm, I'm not gonna, I ain't got nothing to beg you for. I mean, you know, they've got nothing. I, I don't, they don't have anything out there that I'm trying to obtain for them. I'm not yeah. trying to get their dollar. Yeah, I enjoy. I, uh, I enjoy you know trying to be that vehicle to let people. My see my, you know my mantra of it all or my goal for it all for the podcast is to be able to, you know, create a product that is consumable across the board. Whether it be someone like you know I look at the listeners that I have, people yeah. that I know personally, people that I know just through DMing on social media. You know, I see people like my mother. You know, my mother is 60 some. She was mm-hmm. a she's a retired, you know, high-end manager at PNC. She listens to my shows. I have friends that sold that that literally just sell weed. You know what I mean? <laughs> they just sell weed. And both of these people listen to these podcasts. And That's they beautiful, both though. listen to them, you know, high-end manager sure. and just like someone who's hustling. Sure. And they both listen to them and they both give me their feedback. And it's so fucking cool to be able of to, course. like, put something out where both of those people, both of those completely different people from completely different worlds listen to it together, get something from yep. it each in their own way and just enjoy it in their own of course. way. Of course. And that's what's so rewarding to me. Yeah. I, it, it's... And it, it really has a lot to do with the universal message of just communication and, and, and being real and being true to, to the reason why you started to do this. And that was to just to exacerbate that human experience, which is fading away today. And that's two people getting together. Yeah. And just like getting it on, just talking about things, vetting it out, learning about each other. Yeah. Asking the questions. Because everybody, I think everybody really 
are for the most part, I think most people are in tune with their vocation and what they do, and they would love the opportunity to extrapolate. Most people take pride in what they do, and they would love the opportunity to talk about that important part of their life or other parts of their life, just given the opportunity. Yeah. And it's amazing, these conversations, if you give the people the space and let them unleash a little bit, you know? Change and conversation cultivate progression. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. They really do. Because the only things that you could think of, you know, people get stuck in their ways. You know, whether you're someone who was born in the 20s and you might have your own ways of thinking about politics and uh, certain groups of people, it's like, you know, the conversations that you have and the questions that you ask, they cultivate change and progression in the world. No question. And that's always been, you know, something that always like sat in the back of my mind. It's like, whether I believe something or not, uh, or have a, you know, a preconceived idea with something or not, I always love listening to people's, even if they're completely opposite, you know, feeling of it. I love listening to their point of view because if someone is very passionate in their belief and they're taking the time to explain their belief in detail, you can listen to that and you can get some sort of uh, knowledge from that, whether it be something that you don't agree with or not, but those passions have some, knowledge in them no like doubt. people put their heart and soul into that so there has to be something to it no doubt i like being able to take that in tune it up myself and coming out with my own product of it all and i wish more people were able to do that but it's like i don't know in in a climate like this uh that we're in today it's like there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of conversations that are happening mm-hmm. and there's a lot of progression and there's a lot of change happening but there's also like you know half of the people are for all this progression and change and doing things but there's also so many people that are just stuck in their fucking ways and and it's it's interesting to see the people that kind of you know are able to pull that veil away from their eyes and like be able to hear a different side of a conversation like someone who's a who's an atheist talking to someone who is uh you know a christian or a catholic you know if, if two people could sit down and have those conversations and just respect each other in enough way where they could have a civil conversation you know an atheist might say something that makes a Catholic think about things or vice of course, versa. Of course. And of I just course. love being able to be open enough and be, you know, be secure enough with myself to be able to, you know, change my opinion Humility, and say, man. yeah. And be able to say you like, you know, I, I was wrong about that. You know, I, you I changed my mind it. about that. You gotta have it. It's so it important. Start, it starts with the humility. It, it, it has to start there because you, you, if it does, if humility is not present, then the two parties are never going to be able to even begin a conversation or sharing of ideas. Yeah, because one is going to be holding the other one uh, at a lower area of prestige in their minds. Yeah, and when you think you're a higher, uh, higher level of intellect or prestige than someone else, you're basically going to discount everything that comes out of their mouth. Hundred percent. You can learn something from anyone. Yeah, it takes humility, buddy. And I just don't, you know, we live in a society where it's we're encouraged to always be right and fight for being correct all the time. And die on your hill. You know what Pretty I mean? Much, if you yeah, have morals, I'm, I'm, stick to them and fight to the death of them. I'm, I'm, I'm just done. I don't need to be correct all the time. And I just don't, you know, that, that, that left me a while ago. Thank, 
thankfully. Yeah. I think everybody likes to find out they're correct because you want to believe you're living the correct way or what you're thinking what you're thinking ends up being correct but I'm okay if you show me a different way mm. and I really have some proof that I'm wrong I'll be the first person to say yeah I screwed that one up and I'll mm. go a different direction that's just being pragmatic man I don't think that's a big skill set I mean I, I guess it, it has to be today but I don't get it. I just think it's fulfilling. You know, it makes me feel fulfilled as a human being to be able to progress my mindset. You know, we're, it's so interesting to think about like how everything is, you know, whether it be, what's the, what's the right comparison for it? It's like people refer to a data pool of things that are just so dated that, that it's just old chaotic or like old old school ways to think about things and to look at things and like in so many instances whether it be you know whatever you apply that to you know well, to believe a, to believe a belief that you were taught as a child yeah uh, that it is the way it is because that's how i was taught without having understanding as to why that is, but just yeah. to believe it blindly because your parents did and their parents did, and that's just ingrained in you yeah. without any kind of curiosity as to why it's that way, that's fucking dangerous. Yeah, it and, is. And being so rigid that you're not going to explore why, because you may explore why you feel a certain way, and you may feel that way even stronger after you explore, right? Yeah. But it's a risk involved that you may explore and find out, oh, Maybe that isn't the smartest way to maneuver. Yeah. And I, I think that people are afraid to be wrong. I think people that have beliefs like that don't want to explore because they are afraid that they may find out that they're not correct. And then that would be an admission. And let's face it, that's weak in society, right? When you even you find out that you're incorrect or, or wrong at something, that's a sign of weakness. I mean, that should be a sign of strength. Strength. Intellectual strength. That's what I was just going to say. sophistication. Like, that might be a sign of weakness to some people, but realistically, it should be strength. It should you know, be. To be able to recognize that and to be able to you know, understand that and to be able to be okay with yourself enough to be able to you know, alter the way that you might think of things. It all starts just by having these conversations, brother. It does. Did you have a good time? I love it. Yeah, man. I, love I really appreciate you, do you doing this, dude. I really, I was looking forward to this one. I was really looking forward to it too. It's always, uh, it's always interesting to be on the other side of a microphone. You did great. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I was nervous for sure. I get that. <laughs> I was. Do you get nervous? Do you get nervous about interviewing anyone? I um I get ex now I get excited because I know I know it's going to be fine because I have confidence that I will carry the conversation through a weak moment if the other person would get tripped up yeah I can man I can maneuver now I have that skill set I believe I have it yeah so I'm excited now yeah I was excited before but also nervous of making a mistake yeah I don't have that anymore yeah that's kind of gone yeah but I'm excited for the conversation. Yeah. So I speak a little bit faster than I should when I start out. And yeah, I guess things, nervous isn't the right word. Excited is more yeah, like Yeah, and, and that excitement sometimes can make you a little jittery. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But after doing it as long as we've been doing it, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's it's definitely a creative, uh, it's, it's a release. You know what I mean? It's cool. always fun to be able to just sit down and just talk to people. 
I feel great when the shows are done. Like I'll go home tonight, and it'll take me a little while to decompress. I don't. Do you decompress after shows? Take no, a little while. That's that's. I'm, well, it definitely takes me a while. That's what I was saying. It's like I have a conversation, and I'm just like I'm riding high. I, I yeah, go upstairs, and I'm I'm buzzing, and my yeah, wife knows too. I'm buzzing. Like uh, a perfect example, that guy from the Pittsburgh Wildlife, you know, who the person you call for bats in your fucking house. Right. I was so pleasantly. I didn't have any expectations of that, right. but I was so right. far exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I see how exciting that is. I came in and I was just like, this is insane. I'm talking to this dude and like, I, I what more could you ever want to just be able to pick someone's brain like that? Uh-huh. And it just makes me buzz and my wife yeah. can recognize it. And it, it takes me a while to just, you know, I'll, I'll lay in bed after that because I usually am done recording at night. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, God, that was such a great conversation. <laughs> because that's a lot. Conversation is such a lost art. People just take that for granted, you know. And, and that's some it people too. don't even know what that means anymore. I man. agree with that. It's crazy. We're lucky. We are lucky. Let's do it some more, and I'm gonna have you back on this panel show. Your game, right? I'd love to be done with that. I'd love to hit me up whenever. I'll be back. And whenever tell everybody you need. how to reach you, buddy. I'll call you right back across the board. I run a podcast in the city uh, similar to Eric's. I talk to interesting people about what they do and how they got to that point in life. Uh, if you like hearing about cool people doing cool shit, check it out. You can find me on Instagram at I'll call you right back. And in the link in that bio, it has tabs to you know find me anywhere. I'll call you right back across the board. But I appreciate you having me on. Dude yeah my pleasure we're gonna do it again yes sir keep doing your thing man you too good things ahead yes sir all right all right friends we're out out thank you peace hello you're listening to the eric mckenna project